What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Pillow Talk with Paul Ganot. Today, my guest is photographer and cook, uh, Aiden Jolly. Howdy, how's it going? Happy it's to be going here. good, man. I feel like a couple shows ago, the last one that Hannah came to, mm-hmm. okay, we were like talking, and that was like when I found out you, like, you know, worked in the culinary industry, you worked mm-hmm. at a restaurant, and, uh, I mean, up until that, we had been, like, kind of, you know, doing some work together for, like, over over half a year. Oh, yeah, I guess it would I feel be. like it's been a bit. About half a year. Yeah, you know, time just flies by, pretty much. But, yeah, I guess it would have to be about half a year. And I realized I didn't know a lot about <laughs> you, bro. Fair enough, fair you enough. Know? So yeah. I wanted to get you on here and kind of learn a little about Aiden, you know? Because usually when we're interacting, it's like mm-hmm. we're at a show. Like, like we first met... Um, at a Battle Rising? Arts event. Rising Stars, right? One yeah. of those? Yeah. yeah. It was like the first uh, event I was refing for them. Mm-hmm. And I met you there, and it just so happened like I had uh, my original photographer for the show was going back to like school, and I needed someone. And I'm always just like a fan of anybody that's really kind of out there just doing what they like to do and oh, pursuing yeah. that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh... So that's how we kind of linked up, and I'm super glad we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is wrestling something that you're into too, or was that just kind of like a job to you? Are you a wrestling fan? Because I know Hannah is. It was sort of a thing that I kind of fell into. Like, yes, it did start at kind of as not necessarily just a job, because I do enjoy wrestling a lot. Yeah. It's hard for me to put a lot of investment into it, but like, I do enjoy it a lot. Like, the, the the story the 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 physicality of everything it's like um ultimate improv you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah yeah with a little with bit of like that. death defying like moves exactly right you know? like the thing is like who cannot not like that wait does that work right anyways like it's like i know what you mean impossible not to like it on a certain to a certain amount like yeah i'm not die hard but um i can definitely kind of hold a conversation a little bit you know i watch yeah. I watch all the same events that Hannah does and all that kind of stuff, so I can kind of hold my own in a conversation, but, you know, not too, too much into it. <laughs> okay. My girlfriend's coming around. She likes going mm-hmm. to the live shows. Oh, they're so But she, she doesn't uh, really like watching it. Yeah. When it's on, like, I don't know, Dynamite or mm-hmm. whatever I'm watching. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really watch it with me. Um, do you guys get Forbidden Door tickets? Um, Hannah and Piper did. Okay. They're a little bit too pricey for me. Yeah. But... Oh my god, like, to be, uh, like, from what I've been told about it by Hannah, is like, like, it's a piece of wrestling history, it's the biggest event to be in Canada, right? Pretty much in regards to AEW. It's AW. gotta be up there. Yeah, right? Um, oh, AEW, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm really excited to hear about, like, what happens there, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, the tickets can get a little bit pricey, and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not uh, made of money, so to speak. So. No, man. I can appreciate that, dude. Yeah. I've missed plenty of concerts, because oh. I'm like, I would would have loved to have gone to the Blink reunion show. Oh, my God. I would have yeah. loved to, but, like, I just don't have money like exactly, that. Exactly. I actually paid less for Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. and yet, ah, uh, like, I didn't get to go to Dynamite, right? Oh. I would say Rampage is like, you know, it's mm-hmm. Dynamite, then Rampage. You know, with pay-per-views always being, like, the top-tier yeah. type stuff. And I paid less for this than I did for Rampage, bro. Jeez. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm a little closer. 
<laughs> That's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be nice, man. It's mm-hmm. gonna be nice. I'm like at the the house show level of enjoying wrestling. You know, yeah. like if if AEW or WWE is in town, I'll go to a house show of theirs because I do love the characters and everything like that. But I can't, I can't, I can't pay the uh, the pay per view prices. You know, I, this is my first pay per view that I've ever been to, man. I went to a Raw, mm-hmm. like, way back... Like, how old are you, Aiden? I am 20. Okay, yeah. So, I went to a Raw mm-hmm. in, like, the late 90s. I want to say oh, okay. the late 90s. I'm not 100%. Someone <laughs> else watching might be like, hey, it's so, not. It's early 2000s. Like, but, like, era, I guess? the Brood was around. Oh, it yeah. was Edge and Christian. They were oh. both in WWF. It was called WWF yeah. at the time. And uh, Gangrel, and they were, like, yeah. this kind of, like, vampire... Like, trio squad. Interesting, okay. Yeah, and, like, uh, the Blue Meanie was mm-hmm. kind of, like, around... It was that era of thing, and that was just, like, a raw, and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is probably the biggest thing I've ever been to, and I've been a wrestling fan my whole oh life, my. man. That's that's going to be so exciting. Did you actually... Uh, were you able to catch uh, WrestleMania? Oh, you know, I... <sighs> Short answer, no. I didn't <laughs> see it. Oh, my God, man. It, but I know some results, and I've seen some of the matches Yeah. Um, since, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't watch did, it live. Did you see the big one? The Cody Rhodes? Yeah. Is that the big one? Yeah. I imagine that was the big one. That was the big one for me. Yeah. That was the one I cared about the most. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? A little bit infuriating. I'm yeah. not as angry at, about it as, as Hannah is. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I'm a little mad about it, too. Uh, yeah. Um, for those listening, Hannah is my part, uh, my, my girlfriend and everything like that, and mutual friends, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And also, the wrestler. Yeah, of, of course, yeah. Um, and massive wrestling fan. Um, when, what happened, happened. I don't know if we want to do you too many spoilers. You can say it. Cody Rhodes lost? Yeah. Ah. Um, uh, some, some, uh, some, uh, extravagant language was used when that happened when we were watching it live. Oh, yeah. We, we, we had friends over and everything like that, so it was just a big th- brouhaha, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... And, man, on one hand, I just wish WWE would give the fans kind of what they want. Yeah, like, just a little <laughs> bit of fan I service. I do, please, yes, you please, know? you know? But on the other hand, I'm like, well, he did kind of leave. Yeah. And, like, if I was another wrestler on the mm-hmm. roster that had been working there, like, the whole time, maybe mm-hmm. even there, like, when Cody originally left and mm-hmm. they're still there and they're working their way up, and oh, then yeah. Cody just pops his head up and then he wins it right away, I would get mm-hmm. why they might be mad about that. But honestly, mm-hmm. I wanted him to win. I, I could definitely understand the, the animosity on that kind of end on that yeah. a bit. But, like... There was this one one thing that I saw on, on, on Twitter right after that happened, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, Cody left the left the promotion that he helped form to go back to WWE, only to not win the... You know, like, they probably... I would have thought that they wanted him back by saying, hey, we'll give you, you know, the title yeah. if you come back. It'll be, like, the biggest thing ever, but... Well, the thing I was seeing after, mm. it's like some Triple H was saying something about long-term storytelling. Oh, okay. Like, he was quoted saying something about long-term storytelling mm. and, like, relation to that. Yeah. It's like, every time you think a story, because it was like, finish the story, Cody. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the whole thing. Finish mm-hmm. the story. And uh, he was just kind of basically saying, like, the story's not done. Well, it definitely is you a know? plot twist. So, it be- definitely is, right? <laughs> That'll, Definitely didn't see it. Come. That'll be interesting. And then with John Cena and everything like that in day one, 
You know, you did you watch that? I didn't watch anything from day. Well, because okay. we had the show. You were mm-hmm. you were there, and like my yeah. my buddy Steve was kind of watching a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I saw a bit of the match, and I know that he lost. Yeah, but I don't know exactly, you know, everything that went on with that. Do you want to? Do you want to know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much like, if you saw his entrance, you know, he he it was his big comeback, right? Um, he entered with, like, a bunch of kids wearing, you know, the, the John Cena shirts and cheering him on and everything like that, and yeah, right. runs by, high-fives him, goes into the ring, you know, there's a bit of, uh, you know, there's a bit of rough and tumble and everything like that, and then he gets punched in the balls, and it's the end of the show. <laughs> like, he lost in front of all those kids that he brought out by getting punched in the balls. Well, at least he didn't <laughs> lose legitimately, I guess. Oh, no, 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 yeah. It was, like, a dirty trick type of situation. Yeah. So hopefully there's going to be like a comeback sort of thing for that too. It's going to be interesting to say it's, the it's least. It's interesting to see how he looks now, and I get mm-hmm. he's doing. Have you seen Peacemaker? His show I, Peacemaker. Oh, I really do want to watch it. I've seen like the first episode. Yeah. There's so many TV shows out there and everything like that. But so many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My last episode, I swear mm-hmm. we just talked about TV shows mm-hmm. for like an hour because it's just. There's so many, dude. But Peacemaker is definitely... I've actually grown to like John Cena, mm-hmm. um, like, as an actor. Okay. He, honestly, he has amazing comedic timing. Yeah, he's, he's a funny dude, and that's yeah. all I'm really looking for. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to take him too serious. Yeah. And I like that he's done kind of like a mixture of roles. Like, he has some, like, kid-friendly stuff, which mm-hmm. is still really good. Mm-hmm. And then he has, you know, like, Peacemaker and Suicide Squad type stuff, like, rated R. So I think yeah. he's he's going to replace The Rock eventually. Oh, no, for sure. Because like, I think, like, arguably, The Rock mm-hmm. is probably the most successful, or I, I don't want to say the best, because I don't necessarily think he's a strong actor, but as mm-hmm. far as wrestlers go, like, mm-hmm. he's the one who really kind of made it happen, the, like, the most. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? He's at the top of the mount. Definitely, and I think, like... The WWE like recently has had a really good track record of the wrestlers moving over, uh, uh, moving over to acting. I think like Dave Bautista, yeah. you got um, John he's doing Cena. well too. Oh yeah, you know I mean uh, Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy, and then there was his really really good like kind of uh, smaller role that he was in um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, which was pretty good. He did he did a Zack uh, like a zombie movie, a Zack Snyder oh, zombie. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called right it was now. On Netflix, right? Yeah. That was that was decent. He was also in Stuber. Oh, I've heard a, about Stuber. Oh my god, that's a pretty funny movie, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So he's doing good. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, wrestlers so far just like hope. I kind of want more of them to go into acting because I think that with the job you got to get the timing right, and you you know it's pretty much all not all about timing, but it's a big part of wrestling, right? You know. Oh, for sure. You don't want to fuck up your. Moves and everything like that, and I think that can that does translate well into comedy, but acting in general, you know, you need to know when to say your line and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, um, so far, I think it's a good track record. There's been a couple that have fumbled a little bit, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, outside of the wrestling world, oh, like, yes. who would you say is like an underrated actor? Oh, like boy. the most underrated actor? Most underrated actor now. Mm. I'm very, very bad with names. But, hmm. That's a very, very hard question. All right, I'm going. Yeah? Because I feel like I call any movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know 
if I would say any movie he's in, but I've given mm-hmm. I've dubbed it a name. I call mm-hmm. it the Jason Siegel effect oh. because I feel like yes. anything he's in, dude, like could be drama, mm-hmm. comedy, whatever, dude, mm-hmm. thriller. <clears throat> this dude's just killing it. Every whether it's like a, a main role mm-hmm. or a side role, even in How I Met Your Mother, oh. where I would say like he was like a he, they were like you know the five main yeah, people, yeah, it was but, like an ensemble cast. But I feel like he stole the show that was supposed to be about Ted. Mm-hmm. Like him and Lily. Oh, I like, felt like they stole that show. I admittedly do not know much about Jason Siegel, but I definitely know him from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Um, I watched that show a long, long time ago, but still some of the skits like that they did have me in tears laughing and all that kind of stuff. Specifically with um, Lily and Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, Marshall accidentally stabbing Lily when he was sword yeah. fighting with Ted, or like the whole uh, saga with um, 500 Miles being stuck in his car, like the cassette tape for the song 500 Miles, yeah, and all that kind of stuff, you know, like six, seven years on, still pretty funny. I really do need to rewatch that show, and... It's pretty classic. I, yeah. I would say it's better than... Fr- it's honestly oh. one of my favorite shows of all time, straight up. Like... Definitely better than Friends. I'm not the biggest fan of Friends in general. I know it's yeah. a really, really popular show and everything like that. But um, of that era of sitcoms, How I Met Your Mother is definitely, definitely probably the best. Are you a sitcom guy? Or like, what are you like? What are you watching right now? Like, what are you into the most? I am currently trying to make my way through The Mandalorian. That's okay. like the, the all right. It's like the new season is one of those shows like. Alright, it's a big cultural touchstone. I did enjoy the past two seasons, second one less so than the first, but that's pretty much always how it is. Yeah. How it is. So I might as well give the third season a chance, you know? Um, but I'd say generally I'm a sitcom guy. My favorite show of all time is MASH. Okay. I guess that counts as... Yeah, that is a sitcom, right? That's amazing because, like, <laughs> you're 20. <laughs> that's why I, it's amazing. No. I, like, that's crazy though. I, uh, I've been called an old soul from my friends who are the same age as me. Um, <laughs> my, my, uh, my nothing parents... Wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong oh, with no, that. Oh, no. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. saying as an insult, you know, nothing wrong. Yeah. But, like, my, uh, my dad is, like, a huge kind of, like, 70s TV fan. Like, yeah. growing up, I always watched, uh, MASH, Gilligan's Island, um... I love Gilligan's Island. Oh, That's yeah. You know, I could, I, I know the theme song by heart, pretty much, you know, um... <laughs> And then, like, especially, like, because I was a kid in the 2000s, right? So Transformers, the Tintin movie, all that kind of stuff. My dad was like, all right, we see the trailer in the movie, especially with the Transformers thing. I'm going to make you watch the entire original Transformers (laughs) show so that you know all the context for the Transformers movie. So it was kind of like I was primed to, um, like, all this older stuff, right? So uh, the original Transformers show, Tintin, all that kind of stuff. Real, real right. good shit. I feel like your dad is how I'm going to be <laughs> as a dad. Honestly, like, I already, mm-hmm. me and my lady are already like, we haven't even, we're just like, okay, we're going to show her Batman, mm-hmm. Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, I have so much stuff from like the 90s yeah. that is just, she's going to be flooded with. Like, honestly, great. you got to have like your own plan for, for <laughs> media to show them like, okay, age four, you get them started out, like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, maybe, like, the original 80s yeah, cartoon. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, maybe, like, Batman, the animated series, a couple 100%, later. 100%, got them all. Oh, yeah, you know, like, that kind of shit. Batman Beyond is on there. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so interesting, because I, I talk to some of my friends, and I'm like, 
you know, what, 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 do you, what do you mean you've never seen, like, The Thing or, like, any of these yeah. kind of older horror yeah, movies yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff? And, I, you know, I get that, you know, you're, you're... Same thing with how, like, people don't really watch movies or TV shows from the 60s and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, just as time goes on, you get further removed from the older stuff yeah. and you kind of get um, caught up in, you know, stuff from which 20 years ago... And all that. It's like the cycle of uh, cycle of nostalgia. Have you heard about that kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of like on the other end of that right now mm-hmm. because like new versions of things that I loved mm-hmm. like a long time ago are coming out, and I'm like, ah, that's not that's not the real version, yeah. you know. And it's like people are kind of forgetting about the OG stuff. But I'm mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm happy also when like characters and things are continued for another generation. And even mm-hmm. if I don't like it, I like I I just if I can see that it's making a connection with the generation, mm-hmm. the current generation, as it did with me back then, I'm happy with that. And then, like, think about it this way, too, is that it'll draw attention to the uh, to the original version, too, and it'll bring yeah. new people over to that. Yeah. Like, how it happened with me with Transformers and Tintin, for example, you know? Yeah, man. Um, and, yeah, so... <clears throat> it's always good. Like, there are pros, definitely pros and cons to the kind of cycle that we're in now of, like, recycling old media, kind of? It, it's a bit much right now. Yeah. I feel like we're st- we're stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. Like, we do get some, like, good original stuff out now. Um, I feel like it's mostly shows. Yeah. Shows are killing it we, more than, like, feature films right now. We are definitely, like, in the golden age of television. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, like, studios are definitely investing, like, movie-level money into... Um, kind of longer form stories, which is definitely very, very cool. Um, as I was talking about The Mandalorian, for example, every episode is like, you know, it's movie quality special effects and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you can definitely get burned out from that uh, from that kind of stuff relatively easily. You know? Yeah. Mm. I'm a sitcom guy too, though. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say more like 90s sitcoms. Oh, okay. Uh, like, I don't know. Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Fresh mm-hmm. Prince. Fresh Prince is oh. probably like one of my favorites. Fresh Prince is a classic. I've um, definitely, yeah, watched through that. Um, it sounds, sounds like your dad had some good taste. <laughs> and he passed that along. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no. Um, a lot of 80s action movies, too. Jeez. But, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, in regards to 90s sitcoms, that's kind of my blind spot. Of course, I've seen um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but like... Married with Children? No. no. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like I've tried watching Friends. That's like '90s, right? Ended in yeah early 2000s. I Friends guess. is mediocre at best. They yeah. had some funny moments, mm-hmm. but overall, I just don't think it was like a great show. Yeah. Then, given like I am, admittedly, I am a sucker for Fraser of Fraser? ninety. Yeah, of ninety sitcoms, it, it gets pretty funny. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I just like the, uh, the you know, the, the trope of, like, the snooty guys getting their com- come up sometimes, but yeah. also, yeah, it's it's good. I like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I have seen clips. I have seen, like, little bits of episodes. It is definitely on my bucket list. Um, I got into that before I got into Seinfeld. True story. Really? Yeah. I didn't give Seinfeld a lot of credit back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, I feel like that's for old people. But I, I was just kind of dismissing it and not really mm-hmm. paying attention. And I do still think it might be for older people, mm-hmm. but it's still funny. He's a great writer. There's just something about his uh, 
like stand up I'm not into. Like the way it's it's it has it's, to be his delivery cuz mm-hmm. like his jokes are like really good. But mm-hmm. I mean really it's about uh you know, Larry David. Yes. I feel like that's where the genius comes from. I've I've heard things that like he was kind of really the mastermind behind all the best jokes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um the you know, Seinfeld and everything it's very interesting how much it became such a popular kind of cultural touchstone with um, sitcom comedy and all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing that I learned recent, recently, so, um, you know Kramer was actually based off a real guy, right? That, uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Jerry Seinfeld, his neighbor was actually named Kramer. Oh, okay, okay. And, um, they originally, like, when he was writing, when he, they were writing the pilot, they were thinking about cha- changing the name Kramer and everything like that. Went up and asked the original Kramer, and he's like, yeah, sure, use my name and everything like that. Um, and, uh, this was based off like a uh, sixty minutes thing that I saw in the night in like early or from the early two thousands that I saw, and the original Kramer is doing the most Kramer thing imaginable. He is doing Seinfeld tours in New York, <laughs> so he he rents out a bus and like hey come on a tour with the original Kramer and just do it like telling us crazy stories and all that kind of stuff that was that uh, they did Seinfeld episodes based off of. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Good for him, though. At least he could try to get some money out of it, I guess. Yeah, I don't think that he got any residuals from that at all. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to film school, dude? Oh, it was was for a semester. Alright. I don't... What I'm about to say is is really going to date myself. Um, But, like, my first semester of of college was the year after COVID started. So it was all online and all that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got, I kind of, uh, applied to the program because it was a very hard, hands-on program, but because of the nature of the pandemic, we weren't able to do hands-on stuff, and it was all online, and I have a very, uh, big problem with keeping track with online stuff, so I had to, I had to leave, but it was... Such a bummer. Oh, no. It's, it's all good. I mean, you know, shit happens. <laughs> Do you ever think about going back? I've... Either either film school or journalism school. My okay. my big thing is kind of like uh, photojournalism, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, is yeah. The 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 definitely the end goal, you know. All right, <laughs> all right. So mm-hmm. wh- when did you start photography then? Uh, photography, man. Uh, I want to say when I was like fourteen. I didn't okay. actually start getting paid for it until sixteen or seventeen. Um, I did concert photography in Ottawa. Mm. Moved over here. Tried to do concert photography, but. Uh, Everybody and their mother's a photographer in Toronto, you know. Every every hipster kid has a camera, right? So many. Yeah, so uh, I try to move over, move over to other stuff. I do cosplay, obviously. I do uh, comedy shows with you, which uh, is really, really fun. I did um, wrestling photography, which yeah. is how we met. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just trying to branch out, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, jeez. <laughs> I feel like... Um... Everyone thinks they're a photographer, mm-hmm. but there's there's actually very few good. I think everyone want everyone thinks it's kind of cool mm-hmm. to be a photographer, but doesn't actually put the work in mm-hmm. to kind of I don't know get better. I I I, I definitely get that. Um, a lot of people think it's about like equipment and all that kind of stuff. Like obviously, you know, having expensive equipment helps and everything like that. But I've seen like some great photos with with. Um, with just phones and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, you do kind of get the idea with having a camera in your pocket, everybody thinks they're kind of a photographer, um, and not saying that people aren't, 
Um, but, you know, there is other skill required for that kind of stuff, you know, to get good photos, rule of thirds and all that kind of stuff, and you do get good photos, or you can get good photos without knowing that kind of stuff, but um, there are things to know that, sets, that set you up for better photos. Mm -hmm. It's kind of really, yeah, it's kind of interesting, um, this kind of, this phenomenon that's happened since smartphones have been adopted, um, for sure. Yeah, there's always, like, you know pros and cons like especially like I, I can even use like youtube as an example mm -hmm. but for like the music industry it's like it's good mm -hmm. that you know a lot of people can have access to programs and things that they mm -hmm. can use to make music accessibility yeah yeah but it's also a bad thing that mm -hmm. people have because then it's like you got you know there's going to be more crap i think it's just how it is with technology mm -hmm. comes you know that burden of just having mm -hmm. to sift through nonsense to find good art mm -hmm, yeah it's like a scale you know it's like yes you're more accessible or you're uh what is it it's more accessible to everybody but then also it's harder for like uh sorry in the context of music right back in the 80s 90s or and previously you know um you kind of had to get signed to a label to make it big obviously there were indep independent acts especially like in underground punk scenes or just yeah, yeah. In underground in general but if you want to be like massive, 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 um, then you kind of had to sign with a major label, right? Nowadays, it's a lot easier for someone to get their music out there. Yeah. But um, there's kind of less of a, an ability for someone to make money from it. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, and totally. I guess it's kind of the same thing with photography, with uh, the music comparison, you know, Spotify, you can get a, you know, a million streams, but you only make $100 from it. Um, whereas back before Spotify and all that kind of stuff... Um, you didn't really have that. So, do you Spotify? I I, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, my podcast is on Spotify, so I hope some people listen to this use Spotify. And I have Spotify on my phone, mm -hmm. but I find myself when I'm like listening to stuff, mm -hmm. it's it, like I just put it on my phone because mm -hmm. I already have it on my computer or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. And, or uh, I use YouTube. Mm -hmm. But YouTube is kind of something I got to get out of the habit of using because mm -hmm. it just kills your data, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Even Spotify for me, like, it, it, I, I recently switched plans, but yes, it did, killed so much of my data. Um, the issue with it, with Spotify and Apple Music and all that kind of stuff is so convenient. And that's kind of the issue of our modern age, right? It's just like convenience versus yeah whether it's ethical and all that kind of stuff yeah i don't even know if like whole albums will be a thing in 50 years yeah it seems like they might not be like when mm -hmm. i sometimes i'll do like top five you know albums of whatever artists mm -hmm. with a with a guest and i've had quite a few people be like yo like i don't even i had to like yeah. look up look up like what albums the songs i listen oh, to on. and it's like hey you know to each their own you know mm -hmm. i'm a fan of singles i'm a fan of like listening to an album from the be beginning to the end not mm -hmm. every album is like that but it's really yeah. nice when you can get one that's like kind of seamless and just mm -hmm. flows really nice but i remember at the end of the year my Spotify, okay, so everyone's doing these like crazy Spotify rap and all right. that stuff. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, your Spotify like song of the year is whatever. I don't even remember what the song was, mm -hmm. but it was like, and you listened to it six times. <laughs> and I was just like, people I've seen like oh, hundreds, like, you know, thousands. Mm -hmm. 
and mine just says six, and I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, no, the... That's an interesting point about the um, about the albums, too, because for me, I'm, I am I, I will admit that I'm definitely like a pick-and-choose, like, oh, you know, um, this one song of this one band, I'll just listen to that over and over and over yeah, and over yeah, and over yeah, yeah. until I'm done with it. Um, and, like... It was a good week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my brain will just latch on to a song or maybe, like, an a full album and I'll just listen to that on repeat and then after after like a week and a half or two weeks I just can't listen to it again. It's very yeah. It's like constant consummation of uh of media kind of thing. Um, Do you ever feel like you neglect like music and then you go back and you listen to it? Oh, definitely. Just cuz it's like oh, I haven't listened to that in a while. Yeah, like there are some bands or some albums that I will return to like if I'm if I really really love a band, that's when I will listen to the full album and Past my judgment, so to speak, you know? Like, this is a darn good album, or like, you know. <laughs> best album of all time. Best album of all time. And like, What are you saying? No, I'm asking. What do you think the best album of all time is? Oh, Your favorite album. Let's say that. That's... I I am very biased, because uh, there's this one, there's this one small, uh, well, not small, but there's this one band from uh, the town that like I went to high school in and kind of grew up in. Um, called Colorado. They made okay. it relatively big in the Canadian kind of alt rock scene and everything like that. They just broke up like three or four years ago, but um, and I just love them as like their music, kind of like the energy that they bring it to all their live shows and the energy they bring to their albums. Like, um, for example, they had this one thing, this one project that they had called uh, 111 Songs, where everybody who pre-ordered their first album. Um, got a custom song made for made by them, but the thing was is that they didn't expect so many people to pre-order the al- their album, mm-hmm. so they shut it down after a day, and then stopped, <laughs> and then did nothing for the next two years but make one song a week, pretty much. Wow! And then released one album of 111 songs, and they're honestly pretty good. But my favorite album of theirs was this is this album called White Paint, and it's uh, honestly like full, you know. Uh, I think like 24 tracks and just bop after bop after bop for me, you know, like, All right. um, definitely the album that I have listened to on repeat the most. And I have everything of theirs on a vinyl, including like their little LP that they made, um, that isn't even sold anywhere anymore that I found like in the back of a, uh, record shop in Kingston type of situation that I had them sign it on their last show and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, um. Yeah, what, what's your favorite album? What do you think would be the best of all time? Man, okay, so that's like, that's your, like, island album. Yeah. If you were, if you were on one. Mine would be, like, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory, man. Oh, yeah. It's just, it came at a time when, I don't want I don't want to be corny and say I needed it, mm-hmm. but I just think, like, music needed it. I feel mm-hmm. like it ignited some, some stuff mm-hmm. when, like, things before that were kind of frowned upon mm-hmm. and it took I'm not just necessarily saying it was only Linkin Park but mm-hmm. I think Linkin Park was a part of like you know a, like just a group of bands that helped change the way music is mm-hmm. now and the way like sounds are blended and the way like when I was growing up like mm-hmm. in high school and stuff it was like really weird to hear it was like a really big thing when like Public Enemy and like Aerosmith or Run DMC and yeah. Aerosmith like did their song and uh, like mm-hmm. I just <clears throat> I like every song even the instrumental song mm-hmm. I really do. yeah 
My dog's name's Chester Bennington. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's real. Man, who'd have thunk that uh, you're a Linkin Park fan with a, with a dog, you know? Yeah. Yeah, jeez. But that's mine. But honestly, man, like, corniness, I don't believe in that concept, all right? If something is, like, you know, if something feels right to you, you just gotta say it. Like, I completely understand that with my favorite album. It, can't, it uh, I discovered it at the right point for me that I yeah. needed it, you know? And I definitely get that, though. And, like, Linkin Park, I know, is just such such a monumental band in kind of, like, rock and, yeah, rock history, you know? Um, and, of there, course... There had never been, before Linkin Park, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just... And, like, people can say this was good or bad, mm-hmm. but, like, I think it was good. Like, there had never, ever been a rapper on OzFest. Mm-hmm. Really? You know what I mean? Like, Linkin Park... Like, I would say Mike Shinoda was probably mm-hmm. the first rapper ever on, on OzFest. Oh, wow. I mean, like... They were, like, kind of the forerunner. Now, I'm looking at this from, you know, I wasn't necessarily there, but they were kind of, like, the forerunners of that kind of style of rock, right? At least in the popular I would say, well, like, the thing is, they started out with, like, a heavier sound. And mm-hmm. I'm all, like, I'll be the first one to say their last album that came out was mm-hmm. very pop, like, mm-hmm. One More Light. And when it initially came out, I wasn't, like, a fan. Mm-hmm. I've probably talked about this on here before, but whatever. Um... And then Chester passed away, and I was like, yo, this is, like, the singer of, like, one of my favorite bands, if yeah. not my favorite band, and it's his last piece of art that he left us with. Mm-hmm. Like, I gotta really, I gotta take it in. I gotta mm-hmm. give it a better chance than just being like, oh, this pop. And I just thought, like, all their albums up till then I had been a fan of. I'm, like, always a change of, like, or a fan of change, you know, and, like, just growing and, like, sound. I, I don't, I also, I... I do like bands that kind of stay true a little bit mm-hmm. to like, you know, like bands like Disturbed. Like they have yeah. like bangers every now and then, but like overall I used to like them way more. I kind of got bored with that. I need, I'm growing as a person, mm-hmm. you know, the things I like now I might not like in five years and I didn't like five mm-hmm. years ago. Kind of like they're too consistent. Yeah, it's like, I get it. And mm-hmm. it's like raw and like we're traditional and mm-hmm. I get it. I love Metallica. Mm-hmm. Like I love fucking, you know, whatever. But like, I'm, I, I just always love the growth and like seeing any band. I like growing with the bands. Yes. Do you know? And I don't want to always hear the same stuff because I can hear that stuff still. I can still listen to the old stuff. It's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. It's like, you know, just because they've kind of changed their sound a little bit doesn't mean that the old version of the band is gone, you know? You could still go back to those old albums. And if and you see them live, they do it. Like, yeah. they do it all, and it's great. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have those, you know, slower songs, and... I mean, he, like, he went from, like, just being, like, kind of, like, this raw vocalist who almost sounded like... Chester, I mean. Mm-hmm. Who almost sounded like he had two voices when he sung. Really? To being, like taking a bunch of like lessons and like you can see you can hear that from album to album like mm-hmm. he's just really kind of honing in and sharpening his voice and he mm-hmm. can still do the extreme screaming stuff mm-hmm. but now he has like this softer presence too and he's exploring that side and i just man i i, I love know. hearing about this because again i'm relatively uh, quote-unquote normie when it comes to lincoln park you know i know like there are you know three or four biggest hits yeah, yeah, and I love hearing about you, like you speaking passionately, passionately about this and all that kind of stuff. Um, in regards to kind of like the evolution of uh, singers' voices and stuff like that, um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something so so mainstream, but bear with me. It's all good. Like, uh, listening to uh, kind of like Green Day's first album, yeah, before that they released independently compared to Dookie, yeah, because they re- redid some of their original songs or some of the songs, right? And hearing the difference in uh, even in, Welcome to Paradise is yes, the one I'm thinking right out that, the gate. That's right? the one yeah. that I was that I was gonna bring up. Yeah, yeah. that. Um, a lot cleaner. Like, admittedly, I do kind of like the rougher vocals sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely gets a lot. You're a Green Day fan. I went through a big, big phase that I still do enjoy Green Day, but not as much as like or like. That's fair. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? totally. Because yeah, yeah. I like first album I ever bought was Green Day Kerplunk, bro. The first album. One hundred percent. Yeah, the first album that I actually like. I bought. Pre-ordered, paid money for, all that kind of shit was yeah. um, Revolution Radio. Okay, was there was one of their the newer albums, right? Admittedly, sadly, not as good as some of their older stuff, but mm. there's still. It's really strange, you know, how time kind of uh, warms you up to stuff that you didn't really like initially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've, you know, I haven't really listened to that album admittedly since I first got it. It was on constant repeat when I first uh, got the, um, the record, but. Online, I've been seeing. Oh yeah, did you, you guys remember Revolution Radio? Like, there were some actually pretty good songs on that and everything like that. And that got me thinking. Like, man, there, yeah, there were a couple. There were a couple good ones on there, you know. And I feel like, yeah, they're same thing with um, how people have started warming up to the uh, Star Wars prequels, for example. Mm. You know, time heals all wounds, so to speak, especially with. Uh, crappy media, you know? <laughs> Sometimes, though, man. Like, you can just miss some things. I'm trying to think of something that I hated way back when, mm-hmm. and then I revisited Revisited it? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I said too many it is. Nah. You know, I, I went to revisit it, mm-hmm. and uh, I liked it again. You have anything like that that oh, you can think of off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. Like... Yeah, like with that with that album Revolution Radio. I think there were when I first listened to it. Yeah, there were a couple ones that I um, did enjoy, but then I just kind of fell off of it. You know, eh, it's not that good. Eh, yeah, I might as well just listen to some of their older their older stuff, right? But I'm gonna try and listen to it again. I don't know. I I, I think like Green Day is a band that went through an evolution. It mm-hmm. just it's just towards the end. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't a fan of like I just. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't really. I'm not gonna have any excuses. I just wasn't really a fan of like you know some of their uh, their newer stuff. But mm-hmm. they're still a solid band. They're a legendary band. Oh yeah, no like one can take that away from the stuff that they did. You like know? they definitely kind of the way that I see it is that they paved the way for like Fall Out Boy and like you know those oh, yeah. more those more pop sure. punk kind of genre. Yeah, Blink One Eighty Two, Billy Talent, mm-hmm. all those Sum Forty One. Oh, Sum Forty One. Yeah. yeah. I'm a I'm a big sucker for that kind of era. Um, my my mom was a big punk fan. Okay. So I I grew up with like some forty one prop. Well, I you know pop punk. Sorry, I don't want to disparage actual punk or whatever, but propaganda. What I yeah I, uh, they did a they did today's a, empires tomorrow's action. Yes. That's like one of the best punk albums of all time. Though. Yeah. Like, oh my god, you I, <laughs> see, Aiden. This is why I wanted to do this, bro. Mm-hmm. This is great. No one knows propaganda, bro. <laughs> I know, right? Ah. Like. Kills me. I thought I thought they were a lot more popular than they actually were. Like, um, 
Yeah, geez. Like, I was able to see them uh, at, uh, in Ottawa, there's a music video called the Bronson Center. It's an old, abandoned high school. Mm. And so they kind of, like, uh, rebuilt the auditorium to actually be a proper, like, rock venue. And I saw Propagandy there, and it was, like, before that, I wasn't really into that kind of music and everything like that, but I was like, hey, Propagandy was, like, a band that I listened to when I was a teenager. You want to you wanna go see Propagandy? I'm like, I don't know Propagandy, but uh, sure, I love live music. I'll go. And, like, kind of blew my mind, you know? So, so hold on. So, you're 20. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to... Can I ask how... Are your parents, like, around their 40s? Uh, my mom just turned 40. Yeah? Last year, yeah. Wow. Okay, so we probably listened to like, okay, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I dig, I dig that. Yeah. <laughs> and you were, you were born in Kingston? Uh, I was born in Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. Okay. But I bounced all over before, you know, I've lived in, uh, Florida, Montreal, uh, spent really? most of my time in Brockville, if you know that place. Yeah, I know that place. Rock Vegas. Um, <laughs> Florida, what was that like, man? How long I, did you live there? Uh, just a year. I was like... A toddler, pretty much. So I don't oh, remember much okay. of it. It was like oh, clear okay. water beach and all gotcha. that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, I spent, uh, like, primary school years in Brockville High School in a small town outside of Ottawa called Greeley. So, like, real, real hick stuff. Like, if you yeah. you watch Letterkenny? Yeah, yeah. Literally the same fucking shit, you know? Like, okay. I'll fuck do you know it. Do you know the hockey player on Kenny? Uh, no, nah, sorry. The hockey coach? Uh, yes, I he's do. He's like, he, and he's... Oh, God, that's Mark Ford, bro. Yes, uh, I've seen him in some other stuff. Is it? Is he's he associated so with this hour has 22 minutes? He might be. He might be. He's done some stuff for CBC, mm-hmm. like a bunch okay. of stuff. And he had his own show mm-hmm. at one point where, like, uh, he would, like, kind of... It was, like, competition show, and he mm-hmm. was, like, a judge. Hmm. Um, but he's also in Mr. D. Oh, yes, Mr. D. He uh, might have been on uh, the reboot of Match Game. A couple times. Yeah, I could see that. Um, He's so funny, dude. I, I had Comedy That's Central on so many times. Uh, like, Comedy Central on all the time when I was, uh, like, grade 9, grade 10. So it was always, like, reruns of Match Game, Adjust for Laughs, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm not good with names, but I know faces, and, like, yeah, his face definitely rings a bell in regards to that kind of stuff. So that's how you grew up, eh? <laughs> It's all right, though. Sounds like you had cool parents, man. Yeah. How about you? Like, uh, are you a Toronto native, or...? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was born in Toronto. I was okay. born in, like... I was born in East General. Okay. In East York, yeah. And I moved around a lot. I lived in BC for a few years, and then I moved back... I moved back to Toronto when I was, like, in... Towards the end of grade five. Okay. Like, I shouldn't have moved when I moved. Yeah. But, like, it was, like, I had, like, three months left of this last <laughs> semester of grade five, and oh, I had geez. to move. But, yeah. Pretty much just Toronto. All around, like, really the GTA, but mm-hmm. uh, went to Brampton for, like, ten years. Okay. And now I'm in Mississauga, and I don't mind it. I'm mm-hmm. uh, going to be driving soon, so a lot of this, like, distance mm-hmm. stuff isn't going to be as much of an issue. Oh yeah, I, I I honestly I miss having a car. Yeah, you do drive though. Oh yeah, I have my license. You kind of have to have a car if you're living in the country, you know. That's fair, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, I had a Pontiac Sunfire, my beloved. <laughs> Bought it for a thousand dollars. Came with a. Uh, Did you name it? Yeah, Monty. Monty. Monty the Ponty. All right, Monty <laughs> the Ponty. 
oh, I was falling apart. You know, I would have, I would uh, be the, I'd be the the friend that everybody you know hops in the car to go for Tim's runs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The plastic panels on the side door on the on the interior of the doors, right? You slam the door uh, the door too hard, they would actually pop off. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. Yeah, you know. Everybody, it's weird how we grow to like love things like that. Yeah, like, oh, but their imperfections are what made them. Yeah, know? exactly. I, I, I spent, my favorite memory with that car is that I blew, I blew it a tire right. on the four hundred one in in Scarborough. Okay, in the middle of the four hundred one because um, there's a year's difference between Hannah and I, right? And she went to college before me, so I would actually drive uh, between Ottawa and and Toronto every like couple weeks to go in in, in Monty in Monty. Ugh. I. Pulled so many hours of driving in that car. Um, yeah, no. And so, sorry, so previously, did you ever drive, or is this like a new thing? Yeah, new, no, new thing for you? This, is, this is new, but okay. uh, I had my G1 before, mm-hmm. and I went to visit family in mm-hmm. BC, and like back then, mm-hmm. like uh, this is when the G1, G2 system like had just been like implemented like a few years before mm-hmm. and so the family i had like all my family moved from toronto to bc mm-hmm. and they weren't really aware because in bc it still wasn't like that like you could okay. go in and get your license like within the day like your oh. full thing yeah yeah and um so i went there i had my g1 car mm-hmm. and they kind of like let me drive around <laughs> just by myself and stuff so i have like a little bit of experience mm-hmm. of i know it's not exactly the same but i did drive forklifts for four years bro okay. so okay uh, now look, forklift certified. Experience. You can you can drive anything. <laughs> All right, forklift certification is like the the holy grail. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I've always said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's become like a sort of a meme nowadays. You know, you know about this? No. Like, hey. All right, look, I'm forklift certified. I can do anything. All right, I can fly that plane. I'm forklift certified. <laughs> um, it's like the it's like the 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 superpower. Of <laughs> of licenses, All right. it's definitely it's definitely very cool to have forklift certification now. Like in among the Zoomer generation, it's like you're forklift certified. Hey, oh, buddy, that's that's, that's fucking. Just go get up. it. Not even work. Just show people every once in a while. Honestly, like if it doesn't cost that much, that's like <laughs> what I might actually do. <laughs> My goal is to get as many like certifications as possible. You know. If I if I have the money or if I ever do come up with money, I'm getting you know trucker's license, helicopter, airplane, all that kind of stuff. You know, you can never be overqualified. Have That's... you ever been in a helicopter? No, bro, I've never been in a helicopter you either. Know the I funny thing, I'm scared of heights. I am too. <laughs> I am too. Legitimate. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's something that uh, I don't really like. Control me though. I'm kind of like I really like roller coasters, mm-hmm. and I've been bungee jumping before. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't do so, bungee jumping. No, no way. Oh, man, it was the fun. It like it was crazy, but mm-hmm. it was so fun, dude. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I almost like blacked out. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I've done I've done zip lining before. That's probably as adventurous as I would get with with heights. Are you a roller coaster guy? No, no, no. I All just right. la- just last month I went to. Uh, to uh, Disneyland with Hannah and uh, oh shoot and yes and I in, saw in, that in yeah and uh, look I'm not gonna even I'm not even gonna lie I'm such a wuss I didn't even go on the Matterhorn man all right like I know that five year olds go on it but like I I can't deal with that shit I'll you know I'll, I'm fine with indoor roller coasters my favorite ever roller coaster is like the the um the Mummy ride at Universal Studios or whatever all right 
it's all indoor and it's a huge like there's loops and everything like that. Just being outside and the massive drop for me, I can't I can't do. Gotcha. You a roller coaster guy? I do. I do like them and mm-hmm. uh, I don't go as often as I would like, and God. I feel like I'm kind of. That's it for me, really. Like, now having a kid, like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be completely different. Like, with my ex, Mm -hmm. it was a very, like, we went a couple times, Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of, like... Isn't it nearby, too? Like, Canada's Wonderland? Yeah, Wonderland, yeah. Yeah. That's usually, like, that's the only one I've ever Mm -hmm. been to. I've been to, like, I don't know, there was one in BC, but it was, like, Mm -hmm. like an eighth of what Wonderland is. So, Wonderland's definitely the biggest one Mm -hmm. I've been to, and uh, going with... It's going to be on record, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It might be a little different, but uh, with because I don't know, I'm actually having a daughter mm-hmm. of my own. But when I went with my ex mm-hmm. and her daughter, it's just kind of like the time. It's like, oh man, like my time of enjoying this kind of place. Mm-hmm. I feel like is like it's almost over. Yeah, but then you get kind of like get to have the joy of 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 showing yes someone that's that's that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, like. And I'll have to wait a few years, but we'll be able to go on the big rides eventually. Exactly, you know? you know. The thing that you gotta do is you gotta prime your kid for roller coasters. Like the thing for me is that I never rode roller coasters until I was like eleven, twelve type of th- mm. thing, and I was dr- dragged on to a roller coaster, and I did not have a fun time with it. Mm. That's probably what uh, why I don't really like them now. But like, if you if you if you get your kid on roller coasters early and you get them to enjoy them, then you're like set. That if you just want a fun day or whatever. To enjoy with your with your kid, you can you know go to the to, go to Canada's Wonderland and you get to re-experience all that good shit. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like I'm pretty open and mm-hmm. don't really care what happens with my daughter or mm-hmm. what she's into or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just when it really comes down to it for me, like one mm-hmm. of the most important things is that she thinks I'm funny. Yes, <laughs> I get that. I get that. I get that. You know, but no, oh man. <laughs> I'm just going to be that annoying dad that's doing stupid shit all the time <laughs> just to make her laugh. She's going to get old and be like, oh, there's my dad. You know? But, mm-hmm. fuck, man. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. It's so... Yeah. It's great. <laughs> all right, dude. You want to get into uh, top five? Oh, jeez. All right, yeah, sure. Um, I think we should start with photographers because I don't really know. Like, I could say, like, mm-hmm. the people I know. Yeah, fair enough. Like, but I just know, like, I just mean, like, you would be one of them. <laughs> Chrissia Valiente would be oh, one geez. of them. Like, just people that I know that do photos and mm-hmm. have done, like, my shows. But I don't really know any, like, big names. Okay. enlighten me. Yeah, I I actually kind of wrote some stuff down before. Yeah, bro, um, me too, man. I am uh, very bad with names, so I had to, like, okay, rack my brain. Who are, so, who are photographers I know and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mostly it's going to be people, like, historical for, to- so... I guess we'll start with five and work our way down to one. Yeah, that's, that's usually what usually I how it works. So for five, we have um, Christy Goodwin. Uh, she is like a uh, concert photographer. Okay. Uh, fucking amazing work. Um, she's based out of London and like, I don't know how to describe it. She She's really, really like, she's probably one of the biggest names in concert photography, at least in Europe and all that kind of stuff. Um, she just started like in 2005 which is relatively like recently for photographers when you get big names in photography these people have been doing it for like 40 it's a long game 50 years yeah, yeah definitely it's yeah. like a hone your craft t- type of situation for right sure. um before that she was like a photojournalist and then now she does uh she does concert photography 
And she's done photos for, like, uh, Elton John, um, Katy Perry, like, pretty much any big name that goes through uh, London, she has gotten the chance to do concert photos for. And just her use of kind of, like, light and framing and and how she edits her photos for to make the colors pop or when she decides to use black and white for kind of, like, slower moments like um there's this really really good f image that she has of um i believe it's elton john kind of like on the piano and there's like light the light shining behind him and it's all black and white and it's just absolutely beautiful um and back when i did concert photography she was definitely kind of like an inspiration for me for kind of like framing editing and all that kind of stuff yeah there's a large part of concert photography that's um right place right time same thing for with sure. kind of like sports and oh yeah but she is one of those photographers that always seems to be in the right place at the right time. On top of already her skill, you know? Like, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, very, very cool. Um, and she and the cool thing is that she's still doing the work today. The rest of the people on my list are either retired or have passed. They're kind of, like, older people. Okay. Um, number four, his name is uh, Yusuf Karsh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good, man. Um, and I... Interesting story and how I kind of discovered him is that um, in Ottawa, I like, you know, exploring the city now and everything like that. Um, I think when I was still in the city, uh, I pretty much took an entire summer to just walk every single side street and street in downtown Ottawa and everything like that. Kind of really explore all the spots. Yeah. And I was walking through kind of like a covered kind of alleyway and there was a plaque on it that said like, uh, it's been like six or seven years, but... It says, like, uh, here was the studio of world-renowned portrait photographer uh, Yusuf Karsh. And I was like, huh, I didn't know that, like, we had any famous photographers from Ottawa. I don't really know many famous people from Ottawa, period, besides mm. prime ministers. Because, you know, it's a boring city. I'll, I'll admit that. I've been there, like, once. Yeah. I have a couple buddies that live there. Um, anyway, so I look him up and everything like that, and turns out that he pretty much, like, did... A, uh, did portraits for anybody who was, like, any, uh, who, the who's who of, like, 1930s, 40s, um, politicians, celebrities, all that kind of stuff. One of the most, kind of, like, famous portraits of, uh, of Winston Churchill you'll see is, like, him looking slightly annoyed at the camera while holding a cigar. That was one of his photos. All right. Because... Um, he asked Winston Churchill, like, hey, can we do one last photo before you leave? And uh, Winston Churchill was like, what, what, what the hell are you talking about? He's, like, looking at him with a weird look, and he snapped the photo right it. at the moment. But, like, all the pr uh, prime ministers, like, all the celebrities that went through to Ottawa. Um, and what I really like about him is that he was very, very kind of soft on the light. He liked doing kind of... Uh, you know, uh, waist-up shots that you could see the full figure of the individual. It wasn't just, like, the face or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You get to kind of see how they hold themselves, and he was able to get photos of these kind of pe people, how you got to see their, like, true spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, how they actually were. Um, yeah, like, he was a very interesting individual. He actually uh, was born in Armenia, and he was he's an Armenian genocide survivor and all that kind of stuff. And he okay. came to Ottawa and set up his practice, and he was a very, very interesting story um, for a very interesting man. And, yeah, he, he is probably one of the most, one of the more important people in uh, Canadian photography in regards to, like, kind of 
portraits and lighting and all that kind of stuff. All right. Very, very cool guy. Um, for my uh, number three uh, is Dorothy Lange. So she was a photojournalist in, I believe it was either uh, San Francisco, somewhere in California, um, during the uh, 1920s and 30s. And what she was able to do was she was able to get, like, uh, she pretty much documented the Great Depression in, like, the Dust Bowl area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, along with the stock market crash uh, came, like, a historic, like, once-in-a-thousand-year drought in the Midwest that caused a lot of farms to, you know, go to business and everything like that. And she pretty much documented um, the struggle of these people trying to survive where there was, like, no food in the middle of America and everything like that. And mm-hmm. um, she kind of brought awareness to uh, this crisis that was happening in the Midwest. And it was, it was very, very um, interesting work of hers, if you care to look it up. Yeah. Um, number two is Robert Kappa. He's kind of like the holy grail for uh, photojournalists. Okay. So he started working in the... Ni- All of these guys were pretty much like 1920s to the 1960s. But Robert Kappa, he like... If you name a historical moment between those period, he was probably there. Like he followed the uh, the Spanish Civil War, World War Two. He was like he was one of the few photographers actually on D Day taking photos and everything like that. He went to after World War Two. He went to China and uh, documented like um, what happened with like the Chinese Nationalist Party and the Chinese Communist Party and all that kind of stuff. Um, pretty much like. Yeah, name a ma- major historical mo- uh, moment in, like, the first half of the 20th century. He was probably there documenting it and kind of bringing light on subjects that weren't really talked about in primary um, primary news outlets and all that kind of stuff. Got um, And then my number one pick is maybe he wasn't as influential as the other guys, but he kind of really inspired me in what I do. Um, yeah. His name is Ansel Adams. So he was born in 1902... And he got his first camera in 1912, which was like one of those br- little brownie box cameras, right, without yeah, not yeah. even with a lens. And he actually lived to see the rise of digital, like like early, early digital photography in the mid-80s. And so he pretty much, um, like, he saw the evolution of photography as we know it, pretty much. From, like, brownie cameras to, like, Nikon SLRs type of situation, right? Yeah. Um, and he documented it. He wrote a lot of books about, like, kind of the art of photography, the science, the physics, and also kind of the theory towards it, um, the rule of thirds, the kind of uh, the golden ratio, or, like, some of the points that he brings up. And he's pretty much taught in in a fair amount of university uh, photography courses because he was kind of so influential in the field in regards to theory, and yeah. that doesn't even disparage his photography. He was kind of like the primary photographer for the National Park Service in the U.S. So his job was to go around the United States and take photos of these national parks and even of, like, uh, places that were prospective national parks that his photos influenced people to be like, hey, we should, like, preserve nature in this area. Mm. Let's form a national park here. Like, That's uh, cool. Yeah, like, obviously he wasn't the sole um, person to influence, but his photos certainly helped it and 
He was an early adopter of the Hasselblad camera, which is like a really, really famous camera system if you're a photographer. I'm not familiar, no. It's yeah, it's all good. Um, they sent them to the moon, pretty much. That's <laughs> okay. All you need all to right. know, like that all was right. like the, the camera system that they sent to the moon. Um, so yeah, no, those are my top five photographers. <laughs> all right, dude, I dig that. There's a couple I definitely want to look into, man. Yeah. I lo- See, this is like a thing where it's like, I like hearing how you're passionate about this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, let's do superheroes next. Oh, yes. Okay. I- I'll go through mine quick. Yes. No, for I do sure. these, and I do them all the time. <laughs> you probably watched the wallets. I probably did them on there, but Batman, of course. Ninja Turtles. Okay. This is like one to five. That's how I'm yes, doing it. Okay. So Batman's my number one. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles is my number two. Can, can I just say something? Okay. Ninja Turtles is my number two also. Nice, bro. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, anyways. Go yeah, on. they gotta be, right? Yeah, of um, course. Then I'm going Red Hood, mm-hmm. Arsenal, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man is my number five. Oh, okay. I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, Red Hood is a very, very interesting pick. I, I, do, yeah. I do like that. Um, for me, so, I tried to do, like, all right, Let's try with, like, non, non-Marvel non DC. I, I was giving myself a challenge. Yeah, all right, I dig it. Um, so my number five, we're going to go back to, like, the 1950s, 60s with the Green Hornet. Okay. Have you seen the movie with um, Seth, Ro- Seth Rogen? That's the, that's the only one I've seen. I've seen bits of the original, but yeah. I haven't watched it entirely. Don't worry. I'm pretty much basing mine off the... Yeah, I I've, I've do a little bit of both. I just kind of like the concept of... It kind of flips Batman on his head where, like... The sidekick is the actual competent right. one. Yeah. But the uh, the main hero is like kind of full of himself that he thinks that he's the actual guy. Yeah. I just kind of like that um it's not even necessarily a trope. I like that uh, that dynamic between um Kato and I don't even know the name of the the other guy the um the Green Hornet himself. Yeah, yeah. And just like the car with the gadgets, like the classic, um, was it a, uh, Cadillac or something? I can't remember, but, but I, I remember the gadgets. Oh, yeah. Like, all that is so cool. It wasn't a horrible movie. I didn't think it was horrible. It wasn't too, too bad. That's one of the movies that, um, definitely could get, like, a, uh, a cult following kind of treatment, you know what I mean? Um, for my number four, I went with, uh, Invincible. Have you seen the uh, show? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's yeah. very, very good. It's it's up there with uh, the boys. That's kind of like subverting, okay. kind of like the 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 superhero genre that's been built, kind of by Marvel and everything like that. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, very, very good. Highly suggested. Um, kind of takes that uh, um, chosen one kind of trope of like. You are the son of a great superhero and everything like that. Kind of flips it on its head. Yeah, it's I've very... been told. A lot of people have told me to see it. <laughs> it's and very good. Um, number three. So with Green Hornet, we went back to the 1950s. Number three, I'm going to be a little bit, bit of a hipster here and go back to 900 AD okay. with Beowulf. Okay. Have right. you ever heard of it? Yeah. By any chance? Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of like the original. You go way back, way back. Oh way yeah, way back. Shout out my man Jesus Christ. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, yeah. Beowulf, like written in Old English, one of the classic kind of like English, uh, you know, uh, Nordic stories. I found a really, really because it's all tr- translations and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It all depends. I found this very interesting translation. I, I wish I could remember who it was by, but it was written in kind of like mon- uh, modern slang lingo. Now, that sounds relatively like corny, cheesy, cringy, but 
making Beowulf like this roided up Jimbro is kind of funny. Like it, it, it adds some uh, comedy to it, you know. Like uh, he, he, they, there are a couple uh, uses of the word swole out there and everything like that. <laughs> so just the the comparison of like this, uh, you know, one thousand year old story with this modern kind of language is yeah. kind of funny. And um, the reason that Beowulf is kind of like in this list is that he's like one of the original superheroes, right, in in, in English, I guess, and um, he's, like, the, uh, what do you call it? the blueprint for, like, you know, Conan the Barbarian, and pretty much any of these, like, big, muscly superhero guys that swing around a club or a sword or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, like, it can all kind of be traced back to Beowulf, in a way, um, if you look at it with a certain respect, and it also Hercules and... All that kind of stuff. It's a really, really interesting book to read uh, from... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I did definitely want to throw something different out there. So, Beowulf yeah. could be there. Right. Um, number two is TMNT, of course. You know, right. no, no, you can't, you can't go wrong with the turtles. Who's your favorite turtle? Raphael. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, a, more of a Donatello okay, myself. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. You know... Donatello is like he's up there. Yeah, they they all have. Did you have you? Uh, do you do comics or anything like that? Do you know the Last Ronin? Do you oh, know what's like? I am aware of the okay. Last Ronin, but okay. I haven't read it yet. Okay, okay, okay. That's mm-hmm. a really that's something that yeah, if you're yeah. into the turtles, yeah. Really? Okay, I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, most of my uh, experience with the turtles comes from like uh, pretty much watched most of most of the cartoons. Um, obviously the original movies. Right. I had, I had Secret of the U's on DVD so growing up. So good, man. It ha- honestly was one of my favorite movies growing up. Like, yeah. I must have seen that movie like 15, 16 times, yeah. right? Um, and then also... Uh, that opening fight scene, though? Oh my god, with the... With it the, was Donatello when he was going <laughs> back like this. No, yes. there's so many good parts of that oh. movie, man. And Great then... Movie. The original PlayStation 2 game. I don't know if you've ever played that one, but... I don't know if I have. It was made for the uh, animated movie that they made in 2006, I believe. Oh, and, uh, I do know. Honestly, one about. of the best games that I've played on that console. It's a bit of a sleeper. Not many people have known about it. I didn't it, play but... the game, but I know the movie. Yeah. I know the movie. Um, and then number one, would, for me, would have to be Hellboy. All right. Like, the original uh, Guillermo del Toro movies. Yeah. And then the comic series. I just, like... I, I, I love... I, I am a sucker for stuff in that, like... You know, uh, kind of like a cult mystic type stuff, but with the action too, it's just uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge sucker for Hellboy. Not did gonna you, lie. Did you see the? Have you seen the the remake? No, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, but I, I really like the first two movies. Yes, they 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 are definitely up there for my favorite kind of superhero movies for sure for sure. Ron Perlman. Oh my god! Even though I like David Arbor or Harbor, like Ron Perlman will always be Hellboy. To All right, man. to bring it back to one of your first questions, underrated actors, Ron Perlman. There right you there. go. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. All right, yeah, no, like Hellboy. I even loved his role in um, Pacific Rim. Okay, as kind of like the uh, as kind of like the 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 black market salesman dude. With kind of with the, uh, who lost a finger and everything like that. You have you watched? Uh, I've seen it once. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But Ron Perlman is like one of those people where he, you know, he's ne- never really the main guy besides Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. But when you see him in a movie, it's like 
that's a that's a good role. You know, that's like a good um, cameo. Like he's always playing these really really de uh, really really interesting <laughs> sorry really interesting characters that I yeah I adore everything that he's in at least everything that I've seen so far. <laughs> Have you seen it, Deadpool two? Have you seen that movie? Yes. Okay, so like when that was coming out before they cast Josh Brolin mm -hmm. as uh, Cable. Oh. And I don't like to get involved with all these like and I'm a big. I'm like a restore the Snyderverse guy, right? Oh, yeah. But I never like signed anything and did yeah. it. But I, I definitely wanted that to, you know, it is what it is now. I'm fine with that. But mm -hmm. like, there was a petition online for Ron Perlman to be Cable, and I was like, oh my god! <sighs> and like he had done, I don't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he had posted a photo of himself done up mm -hmm. like Cable somewhere, probably on Instagram or something like that. It doesn't even matter. But uh, I mean. I thought Josh Brolin was a bad choice, especially since he was already Thanos. Like, oh, what are okay. we doing? Like, too many, too many comic book parts. I get that. Yeah, and it's Marvel too. It's like he's mm -hmm. too different. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. And and Perlman would have been way better. Yeah, I, I I do, I do agree with that. That I, I will I will say that I did kind of enjoy. Um, Josh Brolin, so I will. I will. I like him as Cable. Yeah, I didn't think he was bad. Yeah. I just thought Ron Perlman would have been better. That's I, okay. all I'm saying. I'll, all right, I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> sit with you there. If if like agree to disagree, where if not Josh Brolin, then then Ron Perlman for okay. sure. All right, <laughs> that's fair. I definitely get that though. Like he he has he has the the structure for it. You know, he, he has the face. He has the. The, the, the white body kind of thing. He has the gray hair. He could definitely do, you know, he pulls, he could definitely pull off the cable look. Definitely. For sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that five for you? Was that five? Uh, yes, because my um, Green Hornet, Beowulf, or Green Hornet, Invincible, Beowulf, TMNT, and Hellboy. So, yeah. Boom. All right. Um, this one's cool. Mm -hmm. And I don't, <laughs> it was weird. I didn't know exactly how to word it. And yeah. when I was explaining it to you, uh, items that you collect or I, like uh, collections that you enjoy collecting for the mm -hmm. most. I don't know exactly how to word it. I get that. Basically, just things you like collecting. You mm -hmm. know. Um, and I gave you my first two <laughs> as examples because I thought it would it would help out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, comics mm -hmm. are for sure my number one. Okay. Um, especially like gems. Like I have the whole Watchmen series, bro. Like the original. I have some original buttons that were released oh, when the original like when the number one was released from like right. 85 or 86 or whatever it is yes please feel free to go off about this stuff because i also have like a small comic collection but yeah. like i i yeah. definitely want to hear more about this like what well, sorry no uh, no no go well what do you think is like your favorite favorite series to collect for because you said you had the full watchman honestly it, it's gonna kind of uh it'll kind of circle back at the end um <laughs> But, yeah, like, basically, like, I just, like, I got the original Peacemaker series. Oh, wow. Um, from the 80s, I have, I have some, I want to say I have, the oldest comics I have are from 69. That's what I want to say. And really? It's just like, yeah, it's a three-issue, like, uh, mini-series, the untold story of the Batman. Ooh. And it's okay. like, and it just kind of like explains like where he got the idea of the costume mm -hmm. and that he was the guy who actually wore the original Robin costume going to like this Halloween party really? with his dad. And like, huh. it, it just like kind of had like these strange stories that were kind of just like branches that kind of mm -hmm. just elaborated a little more about who. That's really you know? interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's like one of my favorites, but, uh, 
Anyways, comics, number one. <laughs> Funkos, you can't tell right now because there's actually going to be another shelf that goes on top of those yes. Linkin Park ones. That black shelf I literally just put up like yesterday. Okay. Um, I'm still kind of, we're still kind of setting this place up. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Funkos, definitely. I have, probably have like 50. And I got some Jeez, really cool man. ones, man. Like I have Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> cool. I have like Jane, Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever seen Tommy Boy with Chris Farley? Of I course. have those guys. I have him and David Spade. <laughs> I didn't even movie. know that they made it. Dude, Funkos it's so, them. yeah. Um, I have some really, really cool ones. That's insane, man. That's cool. Um, and then. My number three, movies, shows, series, ah, yes. you know, all that. I, this isn't even all my stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I have, like, more. I just don't have any space. Yeah. Here. Oh, so. man. I am extremely jealous. Oh, like, thanks, man. That's, no, like... That's what every collector wants to hear. Like, this know? is amazing. Like, you can't see her right now, but... Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. really, it's really cool. I've, uh... I've started collecting. I... I don't want to say... Perfectionist is the wrong word, but I'm very, like, typical with, with, with the movies and stuff. Have you ever heard right. of the Criterion Collection by any chance? The... Criterion? Criterion. What, what movies are in that? It's like, um... I don't think I have. What it is, it's like a, uh... Kind of more... They What they do is they re-release films. Are they Blu-ray kind of deals? Yeah, so I Blu-rays... They did, they did a whole DVD run before Blu-ray came out. They've been doing it since, like, the early 2000s. But what they do gotcha. is, like... They... Every month they pick, like, two or three movies, and what they do is that they re- research it intensely. If they find the original, like, if it's filmed on film, they find the original, like, rolls of film, and they rescan it for 4K, yeah. and, like, do interviews with the people who worked on it and all that kind of stuff. And they pretty much pre- present, like, the perfect, you know, uh, package oh, for collectors cool. and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I'm... I'm a big Wes Anderson snob. Oh, situation. my lady's big on Wes Anderson. <laughs> so like, yeah. um, the grand... he's good. Yeah, like I, I really if you like... look right there. There's a Wes Anderson book right there. Oh yes. You see it? Right by the Nintendo 64. Oh. Boom, on the left. It's the big one right on the. Oh, Wes left. Anderson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's oh. huge. She's on. I like him as well. Yeah. Like so, I have the um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I have the Grand Budapest so... Hotel versions. Oh my God, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. And so usually they're like fifty dollars each, like they're relatively expensive. Yeah. But I can find them at BMV for like twenty bucks, and it's really cool because so fix, specifically the Grand Budapest Hotel one, it comes like with a little booklet with all of like the the concept art, the like an essay written by like a film critic or whatever mm-hmm. about the the film, and it has like posters advertising like the the. Um, the hotel like in universe so it's like come visit the grand budapest hotel mm-hmm. and it's absolutely like it's a pretty much like the deluxe edition of deluxe editions type of situation i got you i'm so and, those are the ones that you collect yeah All i right. only have like three or four though yeah. so it's like one of those things that like if i see a movie that i really really like i'm gonna okay i have to get it it's fine I'll, I'll spend the 20 bucks you know but oh jeez, fantastic mr fox so let's Let's be real. That's that's a phenomenal movie. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that might be my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, and there's a, there was another animated one too. I love dogs. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one was really good. His claymation stuff is pretty good. Sorry, we kind of derailed your. No, it's five. fine, bro. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm totally good. I I enjoyed where it was going. Um, yeah, so I guess movies and shows was next. Then I'm going mm-hmm. video games and consoles. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and I pretty much have everything that uh, that I want. Uh, yeah, that's... I would get a super, and if possible, um, mm-hmm. maybe a Dreamcast. Oh yeah, maybe. But I... that's that's about it. Yes, yeah, so this is gonna lead to one of our uh, lists yeah. later on. And seeing the the N sixty four, I'm just like, oh, my list is gonna be a little bit controversial. Is it? It's oh, cool, boy. man. It's cool. It's, we'll do it. It's definitely like up there, but. And yeah. then and then I'm going anything Batman. That's my number oh, five, and that's really yeah. kind of what circles back to the comics mm-hmm. is because like yeah, anything like I the most stuff in there, and like I still have stuff like I have some comics behind that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> room divider or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least four of those boxes are just like Batman stuff, wow. you know. And I probably have like maybe about sixteen altogether now. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And four of them, that's like. At least four or five hundred comics, man. Wow. You got so, full... You got and full I have, like, extra, extra boxes that I need to freaking get new boxes for because I'm, like, weird about... I don't know. They all... I'm so <laughs> OCD about things, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, everything legit mm-hmm. in my collection is in the exact same bag, the exact same board. Yeah. You know? I have all my shit labeled. Yeah. I have a label maker that I got only for comics. <laughs> like, I'm so serious. Everything is, like... Almost too detailed, I, like, uh, too organized, almost. I definitely get what you're talking about. When we get onto my list, I'll talk about some of my you know, we- more weirder stuff. But, yeah, no, I definitely get what you're saying. I I love the Batman stuff. Like, if if I didn't, wasn't already preoccupied with collecting so many stuff, like, Batman comics would probably be be up there. All right. Like, him and Spider-Man are probably my two, two favorite of the DC slash Marvel Mm-hmm. Superheroes, you know, yeah. very, very like you know, definitely a very controversial take for Batman and Spider Man to be favorite sp- superheroes. But like, hey, they're 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 the greatest for the re- for a reason, right? They're most popular. I I would say so. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> what you got though for your oh, yeah. collections, man. All right, so number five, it was the thing that kind of started me out with with. Uh, I like to call it hoarding because that's pretty much hoarding with with slightly more hoarding with style. Yeah, Yeah. hoarding with style. That's a great term. Um, It got me started out. I started collecting coins relatively early. Like, okay, you know, nothing too fabulous, but man, being able to feel kind of like that, being able to think of like how many hands like the some old coins have been in. Like, I have stuff from like the the Roman age. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, or, like, how you're able to tell kind of, like, the history of a, c- a country through their coinage. Because usually they have, like, the leader of the country on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I have um, a good kind of couple coins that I have to kind of uh, explain this. It's like, I have French coinage, uh, like a five-franc piece, from 1939 and 1942. Mm-hmm. So 1939 is, you know, right at the... cut. Or, wait, sorry. No, 1938. So right at the cusp of World War Two, you know, it's already happened. And then 1942 is... That's done. It's, well, it's like, you know, um, the, the Germans have taken over France and they've minted new coinage and everything like that. So there's, like, oh, different you. symbols and everything like that. It's very... Oh, I got you. You know, um, where it, like, looks the same. It's the same type of metal. It's the same kind of piece. Um, but then, you know, there's different imagery stamped on it and everything like that. Um, and then, like, there are different versions of that same coin that when metal started getting... There's a shortage. They had to swap, swap out the metal and it looks different and all that kind of stuff. Um, my number four kind of vaguely leads into that. I like to collect militaria. So, like, 
Um, I have, you know, a Yugoslavian military helmet from 1960s. Um, I have, like, a uh, Korean War era uh, Canadian, uh, what do you call it, like, fatigue outfit. I actually used to wear those, those two things airsofting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's Aiden's all... Aiden's taking this really serious, guys. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hard... No, yeah. Well, you get... Oh, you get people, like, with airsoft, because it's all, like... The, the, the guns and everything are a lot more realistic than actual... Yeah. You, you know, you can get pretty much... You name a real-life gun, you can get an airsoft version of it, which you don't really get with a paintball. So people go a lot more hardcore than me. I just threw together whatever I was able to get from Army Surplus, pretty much. Okay, okay. But, you know, Militaria, I also have a couple swords. Um, I found this one, like, uh, you know what a rapier is? No. It's like a pirate sword, you know, slightly curved, but like... It's oh, like okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I found this uh, one sword at a flea market in uh, Kingston. I bought it for 20 bucks. It was completely rusted over, you know. Um, but then there was, like, a guy that I knew at a... Um, that knew a little bit more about that kind of stuff than I did. He took it and, uh, like, actually did proper research and everything like that. Uh, turns out, like, it's an actual British officer's sword from the 1880s kind of situation that I had just stumbled upon for 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they're, like, the, the all the stamps are correct. The handle is, like, shark skin wrapped in copper wire type of situation. Like, really, really weird stuff. Like... If I had a superpower, it would be luck. I was, I mean, definitely <laughs> able to get some really cool stuff for not the price that they're worth. Like, for example, um, I was able to get a hold of an 1881 Mauser rifle. So, like, a actual rifle, like, gun that yeah. shot, like, black powder bullets and everything yeah. like that. Um, Did you have to stuff down with the... That was... No, that... Was it one of those? No, no, no. It still had, like, the tube that you could put the proper bullets and everything oh, like that. okay. Alright. But it was like, uh, 1871 was the year that it was from and everything like that. It's not here in Toronto, but back at my dad's place in, in uh, Brockville. But like, I just, like, uh, what happened was that? Crap. How did I get a hold of it? We have a family friend that does demolition. Like, uh, of houses and stuff like that. They found the gun in the walls. What? So, got it registered and everything like that. Bought it from him, and so now it's That's over. That's cool, man. Um... All that kind of stuff. Uh, number three, same thing with you, video games on consoles. So, like, um, I have uh, I have NES, SNES, the original PlayStation 2, 3, 4, um, Xbox 360, uh, and then a Sega Genesis. So <laughs> I do have I do have have a fair amount. The N sixty four is the only thing that I need to get. But um, yeah, no, I came across the NES, SNES, and uh, the Genesis. Actually, a really interesting story. So um, one of my dad's best friends from high school is a video game collector, and um, he sadly ended up passing away. But he left all the stuff to my dad, and so I have so. It's really, really interesting because um, the one thing that the, the thing that I like uh, really appreciated from it is that some of the games from the NES, right? Uh, it's the original Dragon Quest Four and the original Metal Gear game, mm. and so those games have puzzles in it, right? His original handwriting is on the manuals and everything like that, and I just really appreciate 
when uh, people like leave their marks on some of the stuff and everything like that. I don't know. It's an interesting story, and I like to bring it up whenever I talk about that kind of stuff because yeah, yeah. it's just you know. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I freaking want a uh, Super Nintendo so bad, man. <sighs> Yeah. So bad. My buddy has like him and his lady have like three, and I'm like, oh, just sell geez. me one, bro. Just sell me. He's like, man, she doesn't want to get rid of. It. Honestly, what? I think he's just lying. I think he doesn't <laughs> want to get rid of it, and he's just using his lady as an excuse. But it's all good, whatever. Yeah, you know, keep your three Super Nintendos, Jason. Jeez. I don't want them. They're hard to find nowadays, too. man. And I don't want to get the the mini for the Super Nintendo because there's mm-hmm. so many games that uh, like I want to collect for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like. Um, I found a, do you know about Shaq Fu by any chance? Not many yes. people do. Yes. yes, I do. Okay, you are one of the few people that I know that ha- that has heard about Shaq Fu. That was a fun game, yeah. man. Like, the one thing that I've always wanted to do is a Shaq Fu tournament. Okay. Because I was able to get it for, like, 15 American at a flea market in the middle of Florida, and I was like, <laughs> this guy. This is a score! What? I, I, like, you know, because they're not, it's not, uh, it's relatively hard to find, and I'm like... I have to get this. I didn't have much money at the time, but I was like, well, I might as well spend the money because I don't know when I'm going to run across this again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great game. Yeah, that's the problem with collecting so many things. It's just like... Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my number one is books. Like, I have over 500 books in my library right now. That's wicked. Um, like, obviously not all of them are like, you know, 200 years old or anything like that, but I have some pretty interesting ones. Um... All of them I've been able to grab for steals, for sure. Like, I got... I have, like, a third edition... Do you know um, Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have, like, his first book, like, a fifth edition of his book I got for, like, $20 at a garage sale. Um, yeah, like, you know, that kind of wild, stuff. bro. Um, one of my favorite stories about books is that um, I have family in Florida, so, my, uh, so I do, like... I... This is before COVID, but we used to do road trips down to Florida and take the back roads and all that kind of stuff mm. um, through the Appalachian Mountains of Tennessee. Real, like, you know, middle of nowhere type of situation. Like, you can't see a house for miles. Um, and we come across, like, a small town of, like, three, uh, like a town of, like, 300 people in the middle of these uh, mountains. And uh, there's, like, a, a, a flea market there, you know? Uh, and so we go to this, we go to the flea market, we do a quick parousal, you know, just to stop, uh, my dad runs to the washroom, I go to the flea market type of situation, right? And there's this old man, like, in his mid-80s, you know, and he has his, uh, he has his, like, little booth and everything like that, and it's just, oh, knickknacks, you know, like, and there's a couple, couple books there, and I was like, yeah, these look pretty old, so I started flipping through them, and it's an 1891 copy of, uh, Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, and I'm like, uh, hello, sir. Uh, how much? Uh, like, you know, I'm thinking like this is gonna be like, you know, hundred dollars or something like that. And he's like, um, hello, sir. I'm like holding it tenderly, like you would a child. Uh, how much for this book? And he's like, two bucks. I'm like, all right, sure, fine. Let's let's do it. And so I I have this like relic of an of an older age. You know, it has. It was like a schoolhouse copy because it had like. The names of all of, the, of all of these students written in like the the inside. Okay. Like, um, for me, the uh, the value of the book for me doesn't come from like the quality or what kind of book it is. I love it when people write in their books. Like for example, um, I have this one book that I I cherish 
But it, it's like a, you know, like Penguin edition, you know, they're popular, they're like the uh, Penguin Publishing House, they mass, uh, it's mass market tr tr paperbacks and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. Not worth much, but I have this uh, one edition of a Penguin paperback from like 10 years ago, so not even that old, um, of a republished version of a guy sailing around the world in, 19, in uh, like 1900. And inside it's like, happy birthday so-and-so. Uh, this will, you know, uh, keep you company on your on your sailing travels and all that kind of stuff. And I just love stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, that's pretty much why I really, really like books is that people can imprint themselves on them, and even like the authors, um, you know, it they took so much time to write them and put so much of their soul into it that it feels like, you know, you're keeping, um, especially with like, with the books that I collect, I collect old travel logs. That's kind of like my niche. I collect a, pretty much any and every book that interests me, but travelogues are my main thing. Like people going to different countries yeah, yeah. and exploring and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the books that I find are pretty much written by people who are nobodies historically. You know, like they wrote the book and that's the only thing you could find online about them. Mm -hmm. But then they talk about like their lives and everything like that in the book. And it's like keeping their, not necessarily memory alive, but it's like, you know, it's it's very interesting, and also you get to see um, environments that aren't uh, around anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... I don't know. This is my passion for books. No, I yeah, yeah. I dig it. <laughs> my lady is... I have some books, mm -hmm. but uh, not just these ones, but yeah. like more more out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's, she's more of a book person. She doesn't even have all her books here. Oh, if yeah. we had enough space, she would have <laughs> like a wall... You know? Oh, yeah. I definitely get that. There, I, I dig it, man. I have... Not gonna lie, I do have a couple, like, vertical stacks of books because we do, I don't have enough shelf space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they get... Uh, collections can be a pain sometimes. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't even get me started. I've started reading some, like, manga and stuff like that. And, oh, okay. Like, uh, Chainsaw Man, Berserk, and all that. And they all have, like, massive, massive volumes that you have to get. And it's just... It's all about space when it comes to that <laughs> yeah, stuff. That's it, man. As as you well know with your with your Batman memorabilia and everything. Oh, um, do you want to do consoles next? Yeah, sure. Do you want to go first? Oh boy, all right. Do um, it up. This is gonna be like this is dating me so hard right now. Um, so my number five pick is gonna be the Wii. Okay. Like people, you know, it's like a childhood classic type of thing. You know, it's like. Um, you go to a friend's house in like grade six or seven, and no doubt they have a Wii. You play Rock Band, you oh, know, yeah. Guitar Hero, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh my God! Like the memories I have of shredding on, uh, I don't know. Well, I have the Tiger. It's like a beginner song, but like I have the Tiger. You know, I I can play that song perfectly on like expert mode now. You know, it's all the hand-eye coordination. Um, and then like you have that one friend who has like the entire set, so the drums, the bass, the guitar, the microphone. Yeah. And then you all draw lots to see like who has to be the one to pick the microphone because nobody can sing. Bro, I was always <laughs> that guy. I was just like, I'll do it, guys. It's okay. Yeah. No one ever wanted to. Mm -hmm. I just Yeah. Can we do in bloom again? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or like, um uh, there was this one Beastie Boys song that we would always make the person singing sing. Because it was just, it was just you know, straight-up rap that you didn't really necessarily have to hit the notes, but, like... Yeah, yeah. It gave a lot more leniency. Um, so that's my number five. The number four is gonna got to be the DS. <clears throat> okay. It kind of, you know, all the Pokemon games that I played 
were on the DS, all that kind of stuff. I stole my stepbrother's DS all the time, and I played Pokemon Pearl, and um, later on, you know, uh, Black and White. But definitely, some of my memories will def definitely be with the uh, DS, and yeah, jeez. The regular DS, not the 3DS? Oh, no. Three, no, no. 3DS <laughs> was too bougie for me. Too, too, you know. All right. Had the, the original, like, red DS, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, funny enough, I went from DS to the Game Boy Advance. Okay. I got a Game Boy Advance for cleaning out um, a garage as payment. Because it was just in a box somewhere. And I was like, hey... Uh, check this out, Game Boy Advance. And the person I was cleaning out the garage was like, oh yeah, that's my son's, he moved out already, he probably isn't going to play it anymore. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that it didn't come with a charger, for there was, so there was one week where it was full battery that I just played it constantly, and then it died, and it, yeah. <laughs> I still need to get the charger. For oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, number three is going to be the Xbox 360. Alright. It was my first, like, wait, no. But, the Xbox 360 definitely, like, I have so many memories playing, like, the original Call of Duty games on it and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, geez, yeah. That, Xbox, the, the 360 definitely holds a place in my heart for that. Um, number two is going to be the SNES. So yes. many great games on it, you know. Yeah. Super Mario World 2. Uh, we already talked about uh, Shaq Fu, Street yeah. Fighter 2, yeah. Turbo, and, like, yeah, just so many good games on that console. Um, and then finally with the PlayStation 2, that was my first console. PlayStation 2. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, first game for that was actually PGA Tour Golf for 2008. Yo, I love golf games, dude. Yeah. I'm not they, even gonna lie. They were, the, that one was pretty good, not gonna lie, you know? Then you got, like, the, the Lego games are classics. Yeah. Um, I always love, like, the knockoff racing games. Like, I had the Hummer and the Corvette game. So you could only race Hummer cars, and you can only race Corvettes. Oh, I don't think I played that one. Then, Need for Speed, uh, Need for Speed Underground Two was one okay. of my favorite, all right, um, favorite a, racing games. Yeah, I was definitely like a racing game kid at the time, for sure, for sure. I like that. Like, are you more arcade style, or you like the Gran Turismo like kind of like simulator racing? Because I've all, yeah, I've always preferred more arcade, and <laughs> maybe it's just because I don't. I'm not super into, like, racing, yeah. you know? But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they're just funner for me. Yeah, now I've mostly moved towards kind of, like, the action-type stuff. Gotcha. But whenever I do do racing, I, I, I feel like do they're... Do <laughs> um, Go on. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was a good one. That was a good one. I will admit. Um, now when I do kind of racing stuff, either I go back to the classics, like... You know, the classic arcade. I don't feel yeah. like there's many good arcade racing games nowadays. No, I stopped playing Need for Speed. I'm trying to think of, like, the last racing game mm -hmm. I got, to be honest. I, I honestly... Yeah. It's been a while. Like, I, I think the last arcade one that I played was, like, Need for Speed Carbon for the Xbox. Okay, see, I didn't even play that. I fell yeah. off after Shift, after oh, the Ship, yeah. Ship 2. And I was kind of like, ah, I think yeah. I'm done. Like, recently I've tried... A, playing um forza horizon okay because i feel like that might be like the best it's like a hybrid between arcade and realistic you can do realistic if you want to or uh arcade if you want to then also i kind of just like the customizability of the cars mm -hmm. like you know no one's gonna stop me from putting a 7.4 liter engine into a, a mini um 
into a Mini Cooper and have it go like 200 miles per hour down the freeway and I can't even turn because it's going so fast type of situation, you know? I like screwing around every now and then with uh, with the cars in that game for sure. <laughs> what about uh, what about you? What's your, what do you think your top five is? Okay, so um, I'd say I just got it for Christmas mm-hmm. and uh, Ooh, my lady okay. got it for me. But uh, the Series X, man, that's right. my number one. Oh. Um, and I'm not, so I'm not really like the guy who's like, oh, Xbox is so much better than PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's just what I got. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I like it because mm-hmm. <laughs> like the load times are just almost instant, yeah. bro. I can't, I can play mm-hmm. this like same game on this versus the Xbox One because mm-hmm. yeah, I have an Xbox One in the bedroom. Yeah, and like it. Oh, it's almost instant, dude. Mm-hmm. For like just really big games, and I enjoy uh, how it looks. I got a new TV like Ooh. the last year, or maybe the year before, and it has like you know, uh, like 4K stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like I finally have a system that like it, it's I don't know, man. It's show this is like what it's meant to be seen on mm-hmm. versus like I remember way back in the day, man. Like I was playing. True story, N64, mm-hmm. I remember playing on, like, a black and white TV. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, there, there was just, like, certain times where it's like, oh, I have a really good system, mm-hmm. my TV shit, or, like, and now I feel like it's the perfect combination yeah. of TV and system, mm-hmm. and uh, I got the one with the, the disc, disc drive because I like discs, I like collecting the games that I like. I am, like, uh, I, I completely get you, I'm a hardcore, like, I cannot do digital stuff. I have to, if, if uh, the chance... It's taken to, uh, you know, if there's a physical option, I will take the physical option. Yeah, always. that's how I am too. Mm-hmm. And also, it looks really good on a shelf, you know? It does, it does. And like <laughs> right now, I only have like three games mm-hmm. specifically for this. All my other ones are Xbox One, but oh, yeah. uh, it will grow, it will grow. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So yeah, that's my number one. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going N64, that's okay. my number two. Yeah, uh, it's a class. Like, you know, like you can't go wrong with the N64. It's a game changer, I felt like, for me anyway. <laughs> I remember, like, there, there being, before it was actually released, there being, like, super huge lineups in, mm-hmm. like, Walmart just to, like, test out mm-hmm. Mario 6, Super Mario 64. Yeah, like, it was, like, you know, 3D graphics and everything like that, yeah. right? Like, yeah. there wasn't anything of that quality until then. And it definitely would have been on my list if it were for the Wii. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, I just got this a few years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's been nice. There's still a bunch of games I don't want to get. Mm-hmm. What do you think is your favorite game on there? On the 64? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I really like Perfect Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really... Hmm. Like, Super Smash is a good game. I really think Mario 64 is classic. Yeah. I, oh, man. Then, there's so many good ones, dude. <laughs> the, but as far as, like, a hidden gem... Mm-hmm. Um, there was this, it was kind of like a 3D platform game with, uh, Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. It's called like Duck Dodgers, something, okay. something cosmic, something or something or other. Mm-hmm. And it was like a space thing with him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. That's like one of the most expensive games on my list right now of like games I want to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, probably that, that one. The one, best, <laughs> favorite one I have, Perfect Dark. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going Sega. That was the first system I had, like yes. the Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and uh, came with Sonic Two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I could probably oh beat Sonic, Sonic 2, Two is amazing. Oh my god, like so much fun. 
one of the all-time greats of, of video games, for sure, for sure. I'm a big Sonic. I'm like Sonic and Mario. Those are like, I love those kind of old school. Oh, I yeah. prefer more. I'm not like a first-person shooter. There's a few that mm-hmm. I do like, mm-hmm. but I feel like like there's a certain style of like gaming. Like when yeah. people are like, oh yeah, I game. It's like always like Fortnite or some sort of like oh, shooting yeah. thing. And I'm like, just... Are you a platformer kind of guy? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Banjo-Kazooie type stuff? Banjo-Kazooie, like Rayman. Oh, oh, Rayman. Even there was a really good one called Unravel Unravel. that EA did. And it was like this guy who was, Mm. he was like a a guy made of yarn. His name was Yarny. Oh, yes. I I, I think I I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm just very big on like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And like. Yeah, no. You know, I would say mostly platform. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, since you do have the Xbox, have you ever played It Takes Two? Oh, no, I haven't played that yet. That'd be really, really good. It's a <clears throat> couch co-op. It is good? Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've been playing it with Hannah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's really, really fun because like, it's all teamwork and everything like yeah. that. You have to solve puzzles together. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really fun, yeah. I like that. There was another, uh, like, it's only co-op? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game is much. only co-op. Yeah, um, yeah. There was another one called like No Way Out. I want to oh, say yes. I, I, it's like the Prison Break. Yes, yes. That's yeah. It's the same people who made that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. That was a really good game. I'm mm-hmm. gonna check that out. It takes two, eh? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> then I'm going NES. Of course, classic, classic. Um, and then I go Super NES, SNES. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be my fifth. Yeah. Um, and then, like, man, I have a really soft spot for the Atari, too. Oh, yeah. Because I remember my aunt had one, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. The, I, I remember the first time she, like, showed it to me. She oh, was yeah. like, oh, I have a, uh, an Atari. <laughs> and I thought she was talking about, like, a guitar. Oh, and I was, boy. like, super young, right? Yeah. And I was just like, well, I don't know how to play guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and Mark, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and she, like, brought me in and just, like, turned Space Invaders on, and I, like... You know? Yeah. First game I ever played, probably mm-hmm. video game I ever played, was like Space Invaders from I, Atari, so... I definitely understand what you mean. My grandparents had, like, uh, not consoles, they were relatively anti-video game, you know how kind of like baby boomers can be anti-video game, yeah, but yeah. Um, they had, I still don't know the name of it, but they had this one game on floppy disk for their home computer that mm. whenever I was at their place, they would sit me down in front of the computer and put on the floppy disk, and it was like... Some horror-themed platformer game. Yeah, eh? Yeah. Huh. And uh, the funny thing was, is I was so young, I called it the hard game. The hard game. Because I would always lose. Gotcha. And I was like, hey, Grandpa, can I play the hard game? And he's like, yeah, sure. He just set me down for like five hours, and there we go. (laughs) And that pretty much, yeah, that was the first, I think that was the first video game that I played, too. Dope. (laughs) Floppy disk games, bro. Yeah. That's wild. I haven't even seen a floppy disk in like... So long, dude. <laughs> Ten years, I um, guess. I saw actually recently this is like... Uh, just talking about like older things. This mm-hmm. rapper like put out um, an album and it was mm-hmm. on like a USB key. But the oh, USB yeah. key was like tucked in into like a cassette tape. Oh. So like it came and it looked just like it. But instead oh. of film underneath, Don't he pulled out the USB cassettes. key. Nice. And it was just... I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's I, really I kind of like when they kind of, you know, do mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, don't get me started about cassette tapes. Uh, I was the kind of kid who brought a Walkman to school. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> like, I actually collected... But the thing was, I feel like uh, when you were doing it, there like, iPods were a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, it was different for you. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I even made mixtapes. 
dope, dude. And I had a like to the extent I did it so backwards that I bought a, like an actual full tape deck and everything, bought a um, an adapter for like you know the two uh, the red and white cable that you would use to plug in like uh, speakers and stuff like yeah. that for yeah. a tape deck. I bought an adapter for a three point five millimeter thing so I could plug in my phone, play the music off of Spotify onto the tape. <laughs> yeah, I was that kind of kid. Very like yeah. I dig it. Have you ever made Hannah <laughs> mixtape? Yes, I have. Yes, when we I first love started it. Dating, I felt like you had. I, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I love that shit. The funny thing is, I gave it to her. What am I gonna do with this? I don't have a tape deck. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's 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 a joke. But I let her borrow my my cassette, um, my cassette player, my Walkman. Oh, jeez. That's awesome. You guys are a great couple, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome, though. I could totally... Yeah. (laughs) If you hadn't, I would have been that, bro. Oh, yeah. Get to it, eh? No, for sure. Like, why are you still with them, man? What do we have? John Carpenter movies. Let's end with that, bro. All right. Do you want to go first? All right. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, Village of the Damned. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh. Good? Yeah. It's the kind... Like, that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's a very very creepy movie mm-hmm. um i don't know i know you're more of a john carpenter fan mm-hmm. so like uh i don't i don't know exactly what ones are like you know his big his hits mm-hmm. i guess you know so but for me escape from la oh yeah that's a good one that's like that's a, that's that's a classic of his. That's, yeah. that's a gem like escape from la escape from new york are just like you know top tier um Ghosts of Mars is my number three. Okay. Now that's that's like a cult classic right there. Yeah. Not like it's very, very cool that you said that out of all of his stuff because like not, not many people know about Ghost of Mars. So that's oh, I really, don't know why. That's really cool. Yeah. I don't know why. Um They Live. Oh, of course. Yes. I came here right. to kick ass and chew bubblegum yeah, and like, all bubblegum. And it's funny because I only really watched that movie for the mm. first time. Mm-hmm. Like Five or six years ago. Oh yeah, and my buddy showed me that clip of like <laughs> like uh, Roddy Piper, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, check this shit out." Mm-hmm. And like, it's just the right amount of like cheese. Obviously, yeah. like the time it comes from, like movies were different. Mm-hmm. But like, I like that. I like a little bit of cheese. You like, know what I mean? I feel like that's like John Carpenter's vibe. Yeah. Know? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Just like he either he can get be like very very good, but with an amount of cheese that like makes it perfect. You know. A good amount of ripe cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and then Escape from New York. That's my number five. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I'll uh, I'll do my number one first. Uh, this one's also a little bit of a cult classic of his. It's In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, haven't seen it. It's really good. It's with Sam Neill um, if, uh, from Jurassic Park. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, it's based off of like... Uh, H.P. Lovecraft kind of cosmic horror type okay, stuff. Okay, okay. It, it centers around like a... Uh, uh, Sam Neill, he plays like an insurance guy and there is a uh, book publishing company. Their like main author is supposed to be like... The author is supposed to be like a combination of H.P. Lovecraft and um, Stephen King. Like he's a famous horror author. Mm-hmm. And he just disappears off the face of the earth. And Sam Neill has to go and find him. And he, he finds himself trapped in a town where all of the um, horror characters from this horror author's, like, catalog come alive. Yeah. And he has to survive in this okay. town. And, it tries, and he has to try and find this, um, 
this horror author. So it's a very, very good. Probably one of his... My favorite movie of all time, honestly. All right. Um, and I'm not even, like, a big, big horror guy, but this is, like, my favorite movie as a horror, funny enough. Um, second one has got to be The Thing. Yeah. Like... That's a good one. You know, classic, you know. Um, yeah, jeez. Uh, third is, you know, the classic love story between a boy and his car, Christine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> With the haunted car. Just... The one thing that I, or one of many things that I love about John Carpenter is his use of special effects, and practical effects specifically, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with The Thing, there's the crazy amount of, like, animatronics and practical effects that they, they use to rec- to um, create the alien. Like, the one scene, have you seen uh, The Thing? The Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the scene where he's trying to, um, or the doctor is uh, trying to jumpstart the guy's heart, that it, and he doesn't know that the guy who's supposedly dead is actually the thing. And he, you know, put, puts the defibrillators down on his chest, but the guy's chest opens up and swallows his arms and rips them off. Like, the amount of work that was, you know, that went into that scene alone is absolutely insane. I miss that kind of stuff, yeah. too, man. I'm gonna be honest. I, CGI really, can be just, I don't know, a bit much sometimes. I, I feel like... Movies today, they tend to lean on CGI because it's cheaper, because they can underpay the CGI, uh, uh, you know, um, the special effects people and everything like that. And there is a proper way to use CGI, and it's like as a tool. You know, everything, CGI, practical effects, is like a um, tool in your toolbox, right? Mm -hmm. And there are, as with everything, there are times to use it and times not to use it. Um, Some people like to decry CGI as like completely inferior to practical effects, but there are times when... CGI can enhance a a scene the way that practical effects can't. Um, best example is like uh, Mad Max Fury Road, right? Um, in regards to not even like the the amazing scene in the uh, in the sandstorm, you know, with the hurricane or the tornadoes and all that kind of stuff whipping yeah. people up, um, but like smaller things too, like a fair amount of the sand that does get whipped around is CGI or even like color grading and all that kind of stuff all kind of falls under the CGI umbrella that while most of it is practical effects, it is enhanced by CGI. Anyway, sorry, that's like no, no, my spiel. Um, no, it's cool, man. And I yeah. also think like from like a, like an actor's perspective mm-hmm. too, just like yes. it's got to be harder to commit when oh, you're just surrounded by green. Definitely. Like, you know, there is a story of, is it Ian McKellen who plays Gandalf? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, when he, w- like, compared to him filming the original uh, Lord of the Rings, which was all, like, practical effects, to mm-hmm. uh, The Hobbit, which was CGI, I remember there was a quote saying that, like, he had a real hard time kind of trying to, um, trying to get in this character when everything is just a blue, uh, you know, just a blue, uh, blue screen or, you know, uh, yeah. green screen and all that kind of stuff. Um, but... My original point with uh, practical effects is the Christine, uh, the scene in Christine where the guy smashes the car and then it heals from its uh, wounds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And like the soundtrack, the way that the practical effects work, just completely masterful use of of that kind of practical effects. Uh, My number four pick would be Halloween. Like, you know, it pretty much started the slasher genre of movies. You... You can't go wrong with that kind of stuff. It's Hannah's favorite movie, so we watched Halloween is yeah we, okay. One of one of her favorite. She's movies. gonna be mad. It's not on my list, isn't she? <laughs> oh no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, but like, and also Michael Myers, like, 
I just find it so funny that the the famous mask is just a William Shatner mask right. that they painted white. Right. Just it's like so cool. Hey, go to a go to a department store, pick up any mask, whatever, whatever. We'll figure it out afterwards. And they pick up a, a Captain James T. Kirk mask, shave off the hair, spray paint it white, and there we go. You got one of the most famous um, famous villains in in horror yeah. and movies in general. You know. Um, and then my number five pick is Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, I haven't seen that one either. It's a very interesting movie because <clears throat> it's the one movie that like uh, dissuaded John Carpenter from like Hollywood and everything like that. Afterwards, he went completely independent, and it's like a spoof on like the old uh, John Wayne non westerns from like the nineteen fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. I forget the actor's name. He was he's pretty much in all of John Carpenter's stuff. Um like Escape from New York and LA. Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, thank you. Yeah. Um he pretty much plays a trucker who does not know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. And he's just led through this uh through this like crazy fantasy, you know, action scenario and he's just like a down-to-earth trucker guy who like he's just caught up in this whirlwind type of situation. Um I really like those kind of movies where the main character is the main character, but he's not necessarily the most important. Mm. He's just like they're being led through the led through the story, and they don't know what the hell is going on. They just know to shoot punch or whatever. It's kind of kind of a funny um, satire of those kinds of movies from like the fifties and sixties. Um, so yeah, no, that's my my list of. <laughs> I dig it. So Have you seen up. Everything Everywhere All at Once? Oh Have you seen God. that? Yes. Yeah. I loved that movie. Great. Like, absolutely amazing. And I wish I knew the actor's name, but um, he, he played the uh, the husband of the main character. Yes, I know. I know. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking yes. about. Yes. And just, like, his comeback and all that kind of stuff after not having acted in two years. And also, like, everybody else in that movie was absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. I, ver- I forget her name. Um, Michelle, is it Michelle something? Yeah, I think the so. Main, the main lady? Yeah, the main lady. Yeah, but she was Michelle something. Absolutely amazing. That's what I want to say. Like, definitely, like, deserved the Oscars that they won and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty cool movie, very out of there. Um, I like weird movies. I do too, man. Yeah. I do too, and I'm, like, watching it and trying to, like, explain <laughs> at least what my take is yeah. from the movie to my lady as we're watching <laughs> and be like, what's that... And there was like there was just a lot of like original concepts in the movie that oh, I, I felt like it, it wasn't necessarily like the multiverse thing is like very common right now I want to say, but like their take on it was yes. so original. Like the way that you're kind of like able to adapt. Yeah, and how you traits. like get to different things, yes. and it's like, all right, you gotta fucking put your finger in your butthole, or like just some you know weird stuff. Like I just thought it was so cool. Man. Yeah, like the the whole probability matrix or whatever. Like if you yeah do something equally as unlikely to happen, that's how you. Yeah, man, it's such a novel way, like a novel uh, a new a good take on the multiverse kind of thing. Yeah, we yeah. need more of that. Yes. Like, more fresh ideas like yes. that. We I wonder how long it took to make that movie. <laughs> to, like, write that movie. Oh, boy, I yeah. I look into that. I would love to, like, see a making of documentary. Yeah, that would be good, dude. Yeah. Definitely up there. For sure, for sure. All right, homie. All right. Let's end. We have one of these. You pick one, I'll pick one. All Boom. Right. All right. Hmm. Okay. Do you want to go first? 
I can go first if you want. Yeah, sure. You can go first. Okay. Describe one of your favorite teachers or coaches and what made them outstanding. Oh, boy. All right. I think there's this one teacher in high school. Um, crap. That her, I'm, again, I'm very bad with names. Her name is uh, escaping me right now, but she taught history. And I feel like that was definitely... Uh, sorry, what was the question again? Okay, describe one of your favorite teachers or coaches mm-hmm. and what made them outstanding. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it when teachers, like, put passion in it. Like, you know that they're passionate about the subjects that they're teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And especially if you are passionate in that subject, too. Um, so, like, of course, I'm a big history nerd or whatever. Um, and uh, this teacher, she, like, really put effort into, like, um, making all of her lessons kind of very uh, approachable, you know? Like, it wasn't just, like, reading from a textbook or anything like that. Like, it was full PowerPoint presentations, um, kind of, like, putting things into modern terms so that people could kind of understand the historiography of everything, like, where everything placed in history relating to events and all that kind of stuff. Like, we were we learned about the Renaissance and um, how, uh, what do you call it, um, patronage from different, like, uh, important families in Italy related to, like, art and how that relates to today and all that kind of stuff. It's very, very interesting. Um, and and uh, I'm, I was not a teacher's pet. I swear to God I was not a teacher's pet, but she did send an email to one of my parents saying that I could teach the class for, the, for a day if I wanted to. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that was really, really cool. How about you, do you think? Um... I'm going to say somebody most, like, the most recent, Mm -hmm. I will say. Um, His name's Nick Andrew. He's a professional wrestler. He also works for WWE, and he's a teacher Mm -hmm. for, like, uh, elementary school students. Um, He was a coach. When I first got into refereeing, Mm -hmm. he was uh, the coach at the place I was training at, Battle Arts. Mm Mm-hmm. You know Battle Arts. Do you, do you know Nick? Wait, Nick? Do you know Nick? Yeah. You do know Nick. I'm pretty sure I know Nick. Yeah, fuck. I, I was just like, oh, wait, you might know him, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's Nick, yeah. Nick Andrew. Yeah. From fucking Battle Arts. Mm-hmm. Asylum. Freaking yes, The Adventurer. Yes, of course. Yes. Of course I know him. Nick. That yeah. is That is my guy. Hell he yeah. is like, especially, and like, this is kind of new, but also mm-hmm. just like, even outside, um, of wrestling, I just, I find him inspirational mm-hmm. in... That he does everything that he loves to do. And he somehow manages to, like, do everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, still be a good person. And just, like, just an honest person. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I don't know. Like, even... Okay, so I got Hannah to design a shirt for me, I think, late last year. Yeah. And I've kind of been, like, on the fence about, like, making it. Because just... Just how wrestlers are mm-hmm. and me being a ref and I don't want to, like, I'm not, I'm the third guy. I'm not yeah. the important guy. I'm not trying, but, like, just recently was, like, chatting with him and Tarek about mm-hmm. just, like, he's just someone whose opinion I value. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm definitely going to be getting the shirts made. He's like, oh, you're going to get some mm-hmm. some heat. Some mm-hmm. people are going to, you know, you're definitely going to get some people like, you're a ref, man. What mm-hmm. are you doing? But, like, yeah. just do it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, That's who I would say. For sure, like, in my interact interactions with him, he's definitely, like, he's a very, very nice guy. Very cool individual, you know? I haven't yeah. 
talked with him too, too much, but, like, in the times that I have, very, very... And, like, man, I've met, like, wrestler... Like, as far as what he's, like, who he is and what he's accomplished in his <laughs> life, um, lots of people with those kind of um, accolades, let's say, mm-hmm. they would have way bigger egos than he does, oh, yeah. you know? And, like, I've met people that don't have, like, a quarter of what he has and they, <laughs> they think they're big shit, you know? Oh, like, geez, yeah. I work with people at my fucking restaurant that mm-hmm. are, like... Oh, I just got supervisor position, and they just talk down to everybody. Oh, yeah. Like people just, you know. So it's, it's really nice to see someone like that and be humble and actually try to like help the younger generation. You know? Yeah. Wow. It's admirable. Very admirable. But Nick Andrew, dude, that's my answer. <laughs> All right, what you got? All right, I got. Is there anyone you consider family, even though you're not blood relatives? Oh, yeah, I'm not close with my family at all. Yeah. So basically, like, anyone I call family isn't my family. Yeah. Like, for real, dude. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. I don't talk to, like, anybody in my yeah. family, really. Like, have a couple aunts and stuff mm-hmm. on Facebook, but... No, I was raised in foster homes and stuff, so... Oh, yeah. My family, like, even, like, when I say, like, my brothers, I'm mm-hmm. generally referring to, like, my foster brothers. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, yeah... That's about it. Basically, like, my my closest friends are the people I consider family. My buddy mm-hmm. Steve, I would consider him family. Oh, Just, yeah. You know, my ladies now, mm-hmm. my family, you know, I'm, we're going to have our own family. I don't know. Yeah, that's... But yeah. pretty much everyone I consider family mm-hmm. um, isn't actually blood-related, so... Yeah, fair enough. Jeez. What about you? Uh, I, have, I have one best friend we've been together, like, been friends for the longest time that I consider my, like, uh, my brother, pretty much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I do have two half-brothers related by blood, but, um, they grew up in Florida while I was here in, uh, Toronto, so I don't even, like, I've talked to them a couple times, but it's not, like, brotherly type situation like yeah. I have with my best friend, pretty much. Gotcha. Um, and obviously, like, you know, Hannah and everything, like, I, I, I consider her family at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't want to divulge too, too much, but, like... Things haven't been the best with my my parents, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So definitely, um, Hannah has definitely helped me with that. And the other friends that I have throughout my life, I definitely do consider family. Right on. Yeah, but shout out to Oliver uh, in Halifax. <laughs> Ollie in Halley. Oh, yeah. All right. Imagine you have all the money you will ever need. How will you spend your time? Oh, boy. i not going to lie, I do. I have thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who does? Who right? Does yeah, it come on. If I had a billion dollars, <laughs> if right. I had all the money in the world, I think I would buy um, a house either in the, on the East Coast or in Scotland or something like that. Like, you know, somewhere rocky and on the, on the, on the, on the ocean, right? Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> and then, like... Again, unlimited money. I would have a massive library, <laughs> um, and a seaplane. That's the one thing I want. Seaplane. I want right. it. Like you ever play in the Uncharted games? Ah uh, no. Ah, oh, there's a character that lives in a seaplane, and travels around the world in a seaplane, and that's like, <laughs> you know, that dream. that sounds like the dream, you know. All right. I would have all my camera equipment. I want to travel the world, take photos, all that kind of stuff for all sure. Right. For sure. What do you think? What do you What do you think? Okay, so. Um... Uh, I definitely, here's the thing, like, I would still do comedy, I would still do refing, I would Mm -hmm. still do things that, you know, bring money into my life, but, Mm -hmm. like, as far as, like, 
I know I went to school for culinary stuff, bro, yeah. but like I would be, my nine to five would be gone. Oh yeah. Um, I would buy a house somewhere far away from the city. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man. I would, I love, when I lived in BC, mm-hmm. I lived on like a 140 acre property, oh. bro. I was surrounded by just like trees and so shit nice, and nature right? and like, that's kind of where I want to be. But like, yeah. obviously I do, you know, comedy and stuff. So mm-hmm. just close enough to get to the city. I, I, I understand <laughs> that, uh, the conflict like, growing up in the country, that's the one thing that I miss is, like, waking up with a deer in your backyard. Yeah. You know, like, that, but also I like the city so much and how, like, so how close you are to everything and how much stuff there is I to do. I feel like people are more open-minded in cities, too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, For like, sure. Yeah. Um, growing up in Greeley, uh, <laughs> Greeley, Ontario. Oh, yeah, bud, you know? Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's go smoke a couple of darts out back, you know, uh, take our sleds out. They yeah. really talk like that. Oh, yeah. It's not a joke. Like, literally, <laughs> every time I go back home, I slip into the accent. <laughs> like, this is my, 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 my city accent. Oh, yeah, you know, my, I, I start, I start crawling <laughs> a little bit. You know, rural Ontarian accent is real. Um, <laughs> like, letter Kenny, literally. Yeah, letter yeah, Kenny. yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, geez, like, uh, the place that I went to high school, people would uh, go to prom on hay bale, like, uh, in tractors type of situation. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and that was like, those are the cool kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, the the, the cool kids uh, had uh, skidoos. They rode their skidoos to school. Oh, look at that, super fancy. Yeah. I've never been on a snowmobile in my life, bro. Like, I got my snowmobile license before I got my driver's license. Shit, snowmobile above forklift, what we just discovered. Let's be real, come on. Yeah, but you can also do some sick tricks on a forklift. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's not lie, all right? Off-roading on a forklift, man. Woo! It's a whole other, whole other ballpark, a whole other game. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, all right, I guess I'll do my uh, my question. Yes, sir. So, this one's gonna be easy for you. Um, do you remember the last time you were on a stage? Have you ever been on stage often? <laughs> oh fuck. Okay. Uh, yeah. I honestly, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm just going to say something because I could say obvious answer, no, but yeah. the last show, mm-hmm. honest to God, the last Lafeteria mm-hmm. where we had to like bring up extra seats mm-hmm. and stuff, man. I had, I had, that was my, amazing. it was one of the best shows I think I've ever produced, even though it wasn't mm-hmm. the biggest crowd. Like mm-hmm. I've done like comedy yeah. bar and sold that room out like 90 mm-hmm. plus people, but the energy and, like, everything on the mm-hmm. last show, like, just felt so... It was perfect. It did feel perfect. The crowd was perfect. there. It was yeah. damn near perfect, man. Um, and, like, I had been going through a couple shitty shows leading mm-hmm. up until then. And, like, as any kind mm-hmm. of, like, art form, the artist or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine has doubts at some points. And I had just oh, been sure, through, yeah. like... A rough doubt valley, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, was just kind of like, why am I even doing this in my yeah. mind? You know, running through all that shit. Like, am I wasting my time? And then mm-hmm. it was just really nice. And I'm taking some time off. Okay. Um. So, well, I probably this is coming out in a bit. So I probably uh, am in the middle of taking the time off when this comes out. Oh, there but, we go. Uh, <laughs> that will be the last show that I'm doing for a bit. There will be one more Lafferty mm-hmm. that has happened on May sixth. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be hosting that one, mm-hmm. or I didn't host that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
Yeah, fair enough. It was like a shot in the ar- shot in the arm for you, you know, right? Like a good, amazing show to coast you into um, paternity leave. Yes, that's so it, bro. That's it. Good shit. Good shit. Anything for you? Oh boy, I can't remember the last time I was on stage. Like that would have been that would have been high school or whatever. I didn't even get a graduation. Oh no! Because of uh, COVID and ah, all that kind of that stuff. That sucks, dude. Yeah, it was literally just like, oh, you're going home for March break, and then. Oh yeah, March break's just gonna be the la- the rest of the year. <laughs> so man, I can't remember the last time I was on stage. It might have been one of my uh, concert photography gigs, I guess. But uh, yeah, no. All right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Not fair everyone uh, oh. goes on stage a lot, but we'll get out of here, bro. You can yeah. let these people know where to get at you if you like. Oh geez, yeah, no, I have uh, Instagram. It's a jolly photography. Uh, same thing for a website, but you could find my website on the. Uh, on the Instagram too, so be sure to check that out. I don't post too too much, but uh, I'm sure to start that back up again. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. Jeez, no problem, man. I'll attach a link for your your website in the the YouTube bio. I feel like they don't do it for iTunes and Spotify yeah. and stuff, but click it on YouTube. Definitely follow this guy. He's a great dude. Um, thank you for being here, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate for you. Me. Like mm-hmm. always, podcast is brought to you by Neon Light District. Hit them up. Use code PILLOTALK to save 10% and buy the Great North Apparel. Hit them up. Use code PILLOTALK to save 30%. Peace the fuck out.